0: Hey everybody, what's up? This is a recuperating and very heavily medicated row. I am in a lot of pain right now and yes, I did have my surgery this week and there's just no way I'm going to be able to put together another show this week. If you're not, next week things will be back to normal or as normal as possible as I like to say with us. But as promised and requested, I'm going to rerun episode 212, which was the original appearance of when we had Gary Morgan on here. Uh, Gary is a tour guide at Fort Delaware and he has had a variety of strange haunting experiences there or just odd phenomena that occurred to him and uh, he was originally on a show to talk about that my notes say that we recorded this in 2016 on the mp3 but I think it was longer than that to be honest with you or at least it feels like it was a lot longer ago because this is on the old original server so uh, we're just gonna jump into it I've tweaked it a little bit to kind of bring up the audio a little bit better but, uh, yeah, hope you guys enjoy it. And uh, if you've heard it before, sorry. If you haven't heard it before, then it's new to you. And uh, that's it. I'll see everybody next week. Take care. Peace.
1: Vince, you said before you were waiting for a sign. What sign are you waiting for?
0: Gozer the Traveler. He will come in one of the pre-chosen forums. During the rectification of the Valdrani, the Traveler came as a large and moving torb. Then, during the third reconciliation of the last of the McKentrick Supplicants, they chose a new forum for him that of a giant slore. Many Shubs and Zools knew what it was to be roasted in the depths of the slore that day, I can tell you.
1: We are the wretched refuse. We're underdogs. We're mutts. We're mutants. There's something
2: wrong with us. Something very, very wrong with us. Something seriously wrong with us.
0: Hey everybody, welcome back to Project Archivist and the recuperation from our shit show and our cannibalism show. <laughs> which we did get a lot of good response on the on the Fecal Matters show. It got a lot of retweets and a lot of good positive comments, which is crazy because that is the one show that's probably the most embarrassing one that I think we do. <laughs> well, I'm afraid like I'll be like, hey, you know, this is our pod- – like, when I when I find somebody when, when I want to have on a show, I'll be like, here is our podcast, blah, 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 blah. And I'm always afraid that the listener is going to go and listen to that show and be like, do I really want to be on this podcast with these guys talking about this kind of stuff? So, yeah, well, you know, and I'm like, I guess, like, no, no, serious. We want to talk to you. But, you know, this, we want to talk to you about this serious subject. And I'm always afraid they're going to go and find those episodes and people not realize that those are the just, those are the couple of shows we do, you know, every year just to have some fun and have a good laugh about things. So anyways, yeah, I got a lot I don't of interest, really worry so. about it too much. I know you don't, but I do because. As we know, you're
1: anal like that.
0: No, as you know, I've, I've tried to have people on the show. I've requested interviews with guests before, and there's been a lot of times where it's backfired in our face off the air, you know, and people mm. will be kind of, you know, they'll kind of be pretentious about it, or they'll go and listen to the wrong episodes, or they'll get the wrong impression about what we are and stuff. And plus, there's always that question, well, what kind of show do you guys have? And me and you are like, well, um, uh, well, you see, uh, you know, um, so I'm always worried that people are going to go back and find those episodes when I'm like if I'm there's a certain guest that I'm really trying to get, but I'm in the midst of trying to set up shows for next year. And having said that, me and you just looked at the calendar and realized that the next show we do will be the last show of the year because. Uh, the next following weekend will be Christmas Eve, and we're not going to record a show on Christmas Eve because we got family stuff. And the following show after that will be on – because we only record on Saturday nights usually. And the mm-hmm. following show after that will be New Year's Eve. And we ain't going to record a show on New Year's Eve, so we probably won't be recording again until January 7th. So one more show and then two weeks off, you know, which I'm probably going to uh, – I know there's a bunch of things that I need to record for the show. I need to update our our contact information buffer, and there's a few things out there I'd like to to re-record our promo for different podcasts, and I still want to get different podcasts and stuff on the show. And I've been talking to different people behind the scenes about getting them on the show. It's just been a scheduling flummox of getting it all worked out. Anyways, moving on. Tonight's show, we have um, Gary Morgan on. Gary Morgan is not an author. Gary Morgan is not... uh, He hasn't got any kind of books. He doesn't have any kind of a webpage or anything. He is a member of the Project Archivist family. We've known the guy for a long, long time. He's been a friend Mm -hmm. of ours off the air on Facebook. Um, I finally had the opportunity to talk to him over Skype a couple of times. And uh, the guy is awesome. But -hmm. the reason we have him on here is because he, for a while... um, I don't know if he's going to be doing it again or not. I forgot to ask him that. But he ran tours of fort delaware in Delaware. yeah he said it was starting back up again and he runs the ghost hunting tours there he does historical reenactments and uh he has had firsthand experiences with hauntings in fort delaware and uh he had a lot of stories and he's just a really fun guy (laughs) i'm really glad that we made friends with him i'm really glad he's one of the people that we picked up as as he's part a brother, of, or, yeah. Well, more so for you because you guys are both Masons. Yep. So, and you guys have got a, a different level of relationship just between that. Yep. Uh, so he um, he had brought up before. He's like, hey, listen, I do these ghost tours at Fort Delaware, and I do reenactments and stuff, and you know, I have firsthand knowledge about what goes on in this place. And I said, oh, really? And uh, we hooked up and talked about it over Skype, and he's like, yeah, this happened, that happened, blah blah blah. And he's a real down-to-earth guy. I've got no reason to believe that what he says and his experiences didn't happen. He's not looking to make money. He's not promoting a website. He doesn't have a book. Um, He in no way whatsoever is going to profit from this. And he's definitely not an attention whore who wants the attention of putting this stuff out there. Sure not. And uh, he's just somebody we like like talking to. So what we're going to do is it's been a long time since we've talked about the topic of ghost hunting and ghosts and things like that. And... I kind of want to get back to this kind of stuff again. I kind of want to get back to our roots and and start talking about more of this kind of stuff and more into UFOs. But as always, I don't want to approach this stuff from the typical ghost hunting podcast or anything like that. And what I like about this show is, again, this is a person's firsthand experience with somebody who works there and sees these kinds of things all the time and deals with these people all the time and has no financial gain out of this whatsoever. Salt of the earth guy just telling his stories. So... Uh, we're gonna jump into our interview with Gary Morgan and uh we will see everybody at the other side. Yay wee! Yay wee. <laughs> All right. So with us tonight, we have Gary Morgan. Gary, you've been with us for a while now. You've been, you were one of our listeners for, uh, God, since I can't, the beginning. Are you from the, since the beginning? Really?
3: Yeah. And I, then I got really far behind and had to catch up again, but I was there when you As guys first started because we were there Out of the since gate. TJ. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that that's right. You were one of the first people to join up on the page. That was way back in the day when we didn't know what the hell we were doing. as supposed to now where we only slightly know what the hell we're doing. <laughs> but,
3: <laughs> Knowing what you're doing is overrated.
2: Um,
0: <laughs> we've been shooting back and forth for a while, and you had uh, brought up several times... You, you're a very interesting guy <laughs> I, I <laughs> get to, around.
2: You, you
0: leave yeah, right. <laughs> you lead uh, a very interesting life on many many levels but we're only going to talk about one of them tonight uh right. for starters you are uh or were a tour guide at uh uh fort uh ah, sorry fort myers is that correct no Fort, Fort Delaware. Delaware. Fort Delaware. Why did I say Fort Myers? Well, it's a mental block. It's stuck yeah. in my head.
1: Florida on your mind. I don't. Yeah, which we all is, have
0: Florida on our mind. It's
3: cold out there. Yeah, I got I a hate snowstorm.
0: I <laughs> got <laughs> a snowstorm rolling in right now. But um, so you were a tour guide at Fort Delaware. Then you also ran the ghost hunting tours there. Is that correct?
3: Yeah, I actually was a uh, coordinator of volunteer services, so I was actually a paid position, uh, out there, and uh, I would take care of any volunteers that would come in so if they're doing maintenance projects or doing historical interpretation which is fancy for tour guide or portraying different people out there in costume things like that i would manage all of that but uh yeah it was uh i did that for a couple years and then i would also be out there in costume and we kind of had this saying of there's no such thing it's not my job so whatever needed doing we did so if that was being a tour guide that day I was a tour guide if it was you know pulling weeds or cleaning the floors it was pulling weeds or cleaning floors but that gave me a lot of time to be out there not only by myself or with limited people but also sleeping overnight out at the fort quite a few times and led to a lot of very strange experiences I I guess I can go out there and say it's definitely haunted but there's definitely there's definitely something going on out there I've definitely seen heard smelled so you have Things had actual
0: first-hand experiences on oh, your yes. own directly. Yes. So, okay. Now, before we go into this, we were talking uh, a few nights ago when we were feeling out how we were going to do this, and you had mentioned that you work for an EMT service. Uh, you don't have to mention which one, but you did have a very funny, interesting story about <laughs> a pleasant German lady that you picked up.
3: Oh, my goodness. And yeah, uh,
2: I was... <laughs> what did she say?
3: <laughs> I was an EMT working in medical transport. So, you know, 911 services might bring them in. Someone has to take them home if the family can't. So medical transport would do that. And in this case, I was taking a uh, a lady, a rather long distance, downstate. I live in Delaware. Uh, and uh, after just kind of sitting in the back with her for a while and talking, she's like, hey, and I to your German listeners, forgive my... Uh, forgive my horrible accent, but she's like, you reminded me of Bormann. Hmm? I'm like, excuse me? She's like, your sense of humor and the way you talk and everything, you remind me so much of Bormann. Like, second in command under Hitler, Bormann? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? I'm like, ma'am, I don't know how to take, did you know him? <laughs> she's like, I, I knew them all. I knew Hitler, I knew Bormann, Goering. She's like, Spears, I knew, I knew everyone. So it, after finally questioning her a little bit more it turned out as a very young girl she was a member of the joy division
1: oh jesus
3: and uh after talking to her daughter not from that era but a post-war daughter found out it was true and that she actually had several kids that she has no idea whatever came of them with unknown numbers of the higher echelon of of the of the third reich
0: we should oh, probably crap. explain what the Joy Division is right now, because a lot of oh, people probably yeah. don't know that the they Joy were, Division uh, was the uh, it was the prostitution wing of the breeders. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> of, of the German Army. <laughs> yeah,
3: for the Third Reich, just for the SS and higher uh, officials, and they would come in to make perfect blonde, blue eyed Reich babies i guess and, uh,
2: <laughs> right and, yeah. Uh, but yeah
3: but yeah she was very proud to tell me how much i reminded her of Borman, and i, I don't know what to take away from that and how old uh, was she the, oh old man she was in her late 80s early 90s i would say so she probably was I don't know how old then I would require math. I'll leave that to Lobo. He's smart like that. (laughs) When she she told
0: you this, was she of her senses or was she a little out of it? Yeah. You know,
3: she was very lucid and she didn't have, there was no dementia or anything. So, you know, I guess she was, she was perfectly fine. She was just old and uh, she had, uh, I think she had just come back from a hip replacement and was going down to rehab downstate somewhere for the hip replacement. So, I mean, she was. It's funny, the 90-year-olds are in good shape. It's the, you know, 50-year-olds I take that are a wreck. Did
0: you it's get her sl- number all in
3: a part? <laughs> no, I didn't get her number, but it sounded like I had an in. You know, maybe I should have.
2: You know, I could have been like, ha, I had
1: some Reich woman, you know.
0: Wow, Ooh, the stories
2: that terrible. uterus Edit could that have told.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Edit it. Nope, too late. No, that's it. That's Stan. That's Stan. Not too many people get hit on by uh, by 90-year-old so, yeah, former, yeah, you know, 3rd yeah, I mean, Reich prostitutes. Right. <laughs> oh my
2: God. Yeah. Wow, <laughs> that's, that's a
0: little <laughs> that's a little notch on your belt there. I I, I don't know if you oh, want to no, proud of yeah, that or not, not, but you know, in, yeah, I'm still
3: <laughs> confused as what to do with any of this information.
0: <laughs> just chalk it up there as part of your lifetime of weird. All right, now, yeah,
3: <laughs> there's been a lifetime of weird.
0: Um, heading back to Fort Delaware, let's yes. start with um, let's start with the basic history of the place. When was it built, and all that stuff, and just just start taking us sure. on this journey.
3: Uh. It really kind of started with the War of eighteen twelve. Uh, the British uh, utilized our river systems to just come right down, right up the Delaware River, and uh, came into different areas, sacked Philly and 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 uh, DC. And we found out we really need river defenses. So that's when our government uh, decided that we really need to start building some forts on the, our major river systems. So uh, the first one they, they started to build out there was a star-shaped fort. That was kind of the, the height of technology at the time. That was around 1817. And they were working on that from 1817 to about the 1820s, 1824, something like that. But the problem was the fa- <laughs> they couldn't build it fast enough to keep it from sinking. It's out on, it's out on an island called Peapatch Island. And it's very mur- very murky, very muddy all of delaware is at like you know two feet above sea level so everything's very wet and uh this is out in the middle of the uh delaware river between new jersey and delaware and if you know anything about delaware new jersey history we there was a constant fight for for centuries over how much of the river belonged to who and you coming into the history of this fort that also comes into it as whether that's a Jersey fort or a Delaware fort and who owns the land and who doesn't own the land but at this point between 1817 and 1824 they started building this star-shaped fort and at one time it was sinking so badly they had to dismantle i think it was something around 43,000 bricks because the whole side was starting to tilt and sink into the into the mud
0: this reminds me and of they... Monty Python, where he's talking about, oh, we yeah, built was... a castle in a swamp, and it sank, so we built another castle. And, it... <laughs> and that castle yeah. sank, too. And then we built a That's third right. castle, and that castle stayed. <laughs> yeah. yeah, because there had the two force, castles tell... on top
3: of it. <laughs> yes. So, and uh, when the Army Corps of Engineers came out in, I don't remember when it was, probably the 80s or ninety early 90s, <clears throat> they actually found some uh, stone work from the Star Fort <clears throat> when they were uh, doing some digs out there, and but they put this one in and it was destroyed by fire it's like the three little pigs you know so they put this one in and when they finally get it to not sink it burns down and that was about <laughs> 1831 so you'll see our government is you know at its best <laughs> form in the development of Fort Delaware so it just kind of sits there until 1838 in, in rubble and they start building a poly you know polygonal multi side fort but now this gets mired down <laughs> i'm sorry guys uh this gets mired down in litigation on who owns what and what belongs to who and is it is it this guy's land and that guy's land and that really goes nowhere other than they started putting in some pylons they're like if we bury these pylons in the mud the fort can sit on top of it and it won't sink which now they're getting on to something so that goes nowhere because of bureaucracy so it's not until 1848, ten years later, they did, they get after court martials of engineers, and blaming everybody for something that never even got built. They finally start on Fort Delaware. Now, uh, uh, they wanted Fort Delaware the way it was situated because no matter which side of the island you go on, if you go to the right, if you're heading south, you're going to go between Fort Delaware and Fort Mott in New Jersey. And if you went on the other side, on the left, you went between Fort Delaware and what is what was then to become Fort DuPont on the uh, Delaware City side of the mainland. So you know, no matter which side you went on, you would get bombarded by two different forts at once. You were not getting through. So here we are. It's 1848. They decide to build this. They already have some pylons in the ground, and they're like, we think this is the way to go. So they end up putting in some more and they ended up putting something like 4,900 pylons, which are like telephone poles into the ground. And then they start building the granite and brickworks up from that. And that definitely worked because from what I've told the army Corps of engineers, when they came out in I guess seventies or eighties, something like that, they said it only sunk a couple inches (laughs) since it was built. So
1: that's, that's something. They did
3: yeah, they did a pretty good job considering it's all granite and nice and brickwork and uh the brickwork's amazing out there. And uh but all right, so I digress. It's 1848 they're starting to build this and depending who you ask, the fort was finished in 1860 just in time for the start of the Civil War. Now, if you ask the engineer who was building it at the time, he'll say it wasn't done till 1868. But uh what they don't tell you, and what we—I always sometimes I remember to tell them at the fort—is when the fort opened up, it had like three guns. It That's was it, supposed, it had. Yeah. Didn't need a whole lot. Has, yeah, it it has a draw. It has a moat, but they forgot to bring the drawbridge, so they had to build a granite bridge across. <laughs> oh my god! A, but this was a super technological place for the time. At the time, not even the White House had indoor plumbing, but this Fort Delaware did. It had a bathroom. It had something like 15 little dials you had to turn to flush it just to get it to go two feet into the moat. <laughs> but, it would, uh. but if you did it wrong, it would all shoot up at you and it would be a mess. But you, uh. Uh, And you can actually go into the National Archives and find the plans for this ridiculously overly elaborate mess of a toilet. And it would flush into the moat. and they So they had this moat system that connected to a sluice way That would go out to the river, and the idea was that the river would go to high tide. The water would come in, flush out the moat, and flush out the poo with it, going out into the river.
1: (laughs) Mm. Well, what could possibly go wrong?
3: Yeah, that didn't work again with the poo—a poo (laughs) poo slurry. Yeah, this should have been on your fecal show. Uh. (laughs) uh, It it was only for officers to use too, and you know the officers, as usual, uh, filled it with so much poo that they would have to have the confederate prisoners shovel it out every so often and oh. you could smell it several miles away but uh so that brings it up to the uh civil war uh about 1860 and they're like great we have river defenses well it never saw battle and there was a couple reasons why it never saw battle uh to make this fort, it it had to be approved by the department of defense which at the time you're uh of course, I'm going to go completely blank now on the uh, cabinet position, or Secretary of War. Secretary of War during all this mess leading up to Fort Delaware was uh, was Jefferson Davis. And uh, the Army Corps of Engineers, one of the head engineers, was Robert E. Lee. So they knew it was pretty much pointless to send what little navy the, the Southern Confederacy had up that way there was no way they were getting through it was a waste of their ships, so it never never fired in anger or war once but they still drilled several times a day and every once in a while i you know a uh, cannonball would find its way into delaware city down its main street <laughs> you know, now and then <laughs> but uh then they decided well if we're not going to use this for defenses we need to send prisoners somewhere so we're going to make it a pow camp so it now had to be retrofitted more or less to now become something more than just a defensive fort. So they would start getting uh, prisoners and they would put them into the uh, the casemates, which are the area where the guns would be, uh, the old powder the powder magazines and everything. they could block them off and put prisoners in there while they built barracks. But by the time the the Civil War was really going, eighteen sixty one through the end of the Civil war. There was quite a few bar- wooden barracks and the prisoners stayed out there. And there really wasn't much difference between the Union, the Union regular barracks and the Confederacy prisoner barracks other than the Union soldiers got two blankets and the Confederates got one. And uh, there was two, sometimes three to a bunk for Confederate prisoners. You got to know your buddies really well. And Union guys got to, you know, have a bunk to themselves. But so that brings us up to the Civil War. Uh, it saw about 33,000 prisoners over the course of the war. It had all the prisoners of the war from both Vicksburg and Gettysburg. And uh, what in the beginning, they were doing prisoner exchanges between the South and the Union. So <laughs> you would have these guys come in, and then they would get exchanged, sent back. They would go to battle, get captured again. It's like, oh, hey, you're back. So you would have... Uh, Several generals had been through there. Uh, several that had, would come back now and then and be like, "Well, I think one general was there four separate times." Huh. So it's a uh, yeah. So this is uh, Fort Delaware. So now it's the Civil War. It's up and running. It's a POW camp. Yeah, uh, you can't compare it to uh, to Andersonville. Now, Andersonville was the uh, the Southern POW camp. For the Union soldiers would go to that place was a horror show. Uh, I believe the uh, the death rate at Fort Delaware was very low, something like eight or nine percent, if that high. Uh, it had its own bakery. They allowed the prisoners to build their own church. Uh, it had a 600, 600 bed hospital. So I mean, it wasn't by it wasn't by far a great place to be because it was a swamp. But uh, the whole back of the island had an officers' row full of Victorian homes and uh, the uh, Confederate prisoners were allowed to fish and have gear and they could go and fish. There were no rats on the island cause they ate most of them. Wow. And uh, <laughs> yeah, they, they, uh, they, they, it had a tourist trade. Uh, people would come over to see the prisoners and the prisoners were allowed to make basically like trench art and crafts and people visiting could buy it. And they were allowed to get money except the money would be traded in almost like going to Disney world you would give them. You would give the uh, the fort cash, and the cash would give you fort money, which you could use at almost like a commissary, and you could buy everything at an incredibly jacked up rate.
0: Huh. There's a but, letter that, uh, that I really found cool. f- uh, from Secretary of mm-hmm. State William H. Seward on January okay. 17th of 1863. The granite walls are wet with moisture. The floors damp and cold, with air uh, and the air impure. Prisoners have no beds; but they must sleep on the floor. They have no water to wash with, and are surrounded by filth and vermin. The dungeons are said to be the <laughs> most haunted. The,
2: the dungeons dun- are <laughs> said
0: are said to be the most haunted place in the fort, with stories of full-bodied apparitions, shadows, and disembodied voices echoing through the dark halls. Wilson reports that after the Battle of Gettysburg, the number of prisoners residing in Fort Delaware hit an all-time peak of twelve thousand five hundred ninety-five yeah. men and boys. <clears throat> So, uh, yeah, <laughs> so let's, like uh, let's address,
3: let's address C word a little bit. It's still dank and wet. Uh, the yeah. dungeons, <laughs> the, there's, there's really, were no dungeons. Uh, they're talking about casemates and powder magazines. There's no like dungeon level. Cause even when people come in from the tours down, they're like, Oh, where's the dungeons. And most of the people that refer to that now are talking about what's behind the Endicott building. Uh, The Endicott Battery was built in the 1890s, post Civil War, and that was to hide what was called um, hidden guns, 12 inch hidden guns or reciprocal guns. They would come up out of a hole, fire, and go back down in a hole. What? Whoa. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, They were huge and they would come up, fire, and you'd be like, oh, where did it come from? Oh, I don't know, the big giant fort. (laughs) So, (laughs)
2: plus,
3: (laughs) plus, airplanes were starting to come about you know, early 1900s. So by the time they were in use, they were pretty well obsolete anyway. So there is an Endicott battery there at the fort, which is huge. They had to tear down one whole section of brick building inside the granite walls to put this monstrosity up. And I know I'm going to have friends saying, don't call it a monstrosity, but it's a big giant cement monstrosity. But behind that, So when you can go these tunnels behind it and you start out in kind of 1890s on the left and Civil War on the right until you finally get all the way behind it. And it sits right on part of the parade ground. So there's a there's a section behind the Endicott battery that has grass. It's called the Wedge, we call it. And that's where uh, a couple apparitions are seen back there on the second level above the Wedge. And uh, behind the Endicott Battery, that's what a lot of people call the dungeons because it's so dark and there's literally stalagmites and stalactites. Small ones, you know, but they're there. But uh, now it's kind of limited to go back there because uh, it's a, uh, hiberna- a hibernaculum. Now, now there's literally thousands of bats living in Fort Delaware, back in that section especially. And <laughs> there is a there's a situation going on with bats in North America called white nose syndrome, which I think I had in the nineties. No, I'm sorry. Edit that out. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, uh, it's white nose syndrome. It's a mold that grows in the noses of these bats and yeah,
2: it can be that. passed
3: by. Th- yeah. It's sad. Especially a mammoth cave was hit really hard.
1: Isn't that So what's we are actually- affecting the free tail bats.
3: It is. Yeah, it's, a, it's pretty devastating. And so we take a lot of precautions at Fort Delaware to make sure that people, when they come out of the fort to get back on the tram to go to the ferry to go home, uh, they have to walk through a solution that's pretty much just like detergent, and it just washes off any spores that are going to be on their shoes. They can't touch the walls, things like that. But that's just to protect the bats. Mammoth Cave has the same. A lot of the cave systems... We have, but, uh, yeah, so in the fort, not too many mosquitoes. Pretty good. Awesome. <laughs> you go into the back end of the island, horror show during the summer. I don't go back over there. So, so that's pretty much the history.
0: You were also saying before that at one point the island, tying back to what happened with you earlier, that the, the fort was also used to uh, hold Nazi prisoners, correct? Uh,
3: they, there was a prison camp in Fort DuPont on the mainland. And that actually held some Nazi prisoners. And then they would come over to Fort Delaware to uh, do uh, work details, things like that. And then they would go back to uh, their, uh, their camp there at Fort DuPont. There's not much left of that camp now other than a watchtower and a couple buildings, a guard tower and a couple buildings. It's right next to a, uh, uh, a guard MP station, funny, funny enough. But uh, the, some of the, the Nazi prisoners that came over actually signed some of the walls up on the third floor. So we'll have like, and I'm making up the names, you know, like uh, Wilhelm von Gruben, uh, And then he'll put General Lee was here in 1943, something like that. Mm-hmm. But also some of the first Confederate prisoners were kept in two rooms. When you come in across to what would have been the moat, well, the moat's still there, but what would have been the drawbridge, you enter an area, it's called the Sally Port, and that's just basically entering the fort. And that was basically created to stop anyone invading the fort. Uh, if they got past the doors and the how, you know, the basically howitzer-like uh, guns that were on either side, don't take me on howitzer, because I don't think they were invented yet, but um, I am no armorist. <laughs> but um, <laughs> they they had uh, guns pointed from both sides so if you made it through the rounds that were hitting you from these gatlings, that's probably a better term, that were hitting you and you got into the sally port you had to get through two sets of doors and there, you would see stairs on either side that only went up to two rooms a couple rooms on either side they eventually became officers quarters for confederate prisoner officers but in the beginning the first Confederate prisoners were up there, and they signed some places up on those rooms, too, that we still have uh, um, their graffiti. And these guys took graffiti seriously. They carved it in the brick in cursive. Really? Yeah.
1: Wow, that's uh, there, determination. It really is.
3: And there's there's from 1860 all the way up till, you know, you know probably last week, but no last week it's been closed now but probably a couple months ago there's there's tons of graffiti throughout the fort and i try to point some out on the tours uh there's some hex signs scrolled in and they're perfect they pardon me uh they had to be put in with map compasses or something like that because they're they're absolutely geometrically perfect hex signs and uh, we believe they were probably scrolled in by the uh 51st Pennsylvania. I think it was 51st Pennsylvania. They were from Pittsburgh. Eh, check my, no- my notes here. But uh, which one was Pittsburgh? That was Young's battery. Yeah, I believe that was the 51st. But there were three other uh, Pittsburgh infantry ones. But I'm pretty sure Young's battery was uh, made up mostly of uh, Germans. Uh, so they, I be- they believe that some of those were actually scribed in by them. But there was quite a few... Uh, Quite a few marks there from everything from Civil War, World War Two, Spanish American War, World War One. So that's that was always my big interest is I would walk around and try and find some of this graffiti. I mean, there's some other really fun graffiti there that I don't think I can mention on air, but you know.
1: Any, any uh any brothers there?
3: Yeah, actually the first man, you know what, I made notes of that just because of that. Uh, The first person to die there was a Freemason. No kidding. And he died from wounds, I believe, incurred on battle. And then he died at the fort, and uh, he was buried with full Masonic honors with both Union officers and Union uh, soldiers. And, you know, it didn't matter if you were a Confederate or not. You were a brother.
1: Yeah, absolutely. There's there's no line of delineation when it comes to that.
3: No, no. And the— so there was there was rumor that there was actually a lodge held there, but uh, we can't find any obvious. Yeah. Obviously, they can't find anything that was put down in paper in anyone's diaries.
1: Yeah. I was gonna say they they weren't giving anybody a charter at that point.
3: <laughs> no, no, not at all. But uh, there was a lot of Freemasons out there, on both sides. Wow, so that's still amazing to me
0: moving on yeah um then you became you became a tour guide for the place and every
3: halloween at least
0: you also participated in civil war reenactments there because i've seen your pictures on facebook of when you're Mm -hmm. doing civil war reenactments yes um i guess let's just jump into the whole haunted thing now um
1: the whole haunted thing uh-huh.
0: where is your stance on let's get this out of the way up front and there's no real wrong answer to this i'm not going to show way you answer this i'm not going to berate you no or, there
1: is a wrong answer if he just straight up <laughs> says potato that's a wrong answer <laughs> a
0: wrong well answer. no i mean like what is your opinion on ghosts and things like that do you actually believe in, in spiritual happenings and ghosts and uh, you know along things along the paranormal lines you know what i i will, the simple answer is yes
3: Okay. I, I believe there's there's a paranormal situation, but I think it has a lot of gray. And in this All one, things. there's there yeah there's not there's not a lot of interaction. You're not having ghosts. Ninety uh, percent of the time, the ghosts that you see are not interacting with you. Okay. You'll see someone looking out a window, someone walking by, a voice. My personal theory, for whatever it is worth, is a time slip. I think you're connecting to some sort of time slip. And I, I think I have a fun theory in that maybe when you're seeing a ghost, who knows it in 1890s, they're not going, Did you just see that? That guy was wearing the strangest clothes. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm not knows? alone in that
1: idea. Yeah. Believe
3: me. Yeah. I think it, it's easier for me to believe in a time slip than, you know, ghosts from heaven and the cosmic Billy Burke flying around the heavens granting wishes but,
1: <laughs> but um awesome. okay yeah
3: I, yeah i i don't know i have seen very strange things out there and i've seen full body apparitions as well as friends have
0: let's jump into that then that's a good starting point right. let's start with your stories specifically before we jump into other stories that have been told to you sure. and so forth so yeah with things that have happened to you directly where do you want so to start
3: I, uh, well I'll start at the very beginning. Uh, I had it's just started place. there. Yeah. Um, it was in that mo- movie, you know, start at the very beginning. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Julie Andrews. <sighs> I, I, <laughs> I had just started out there and I remember I was going out to help, uh, with some interns and, uh, to whitewash a fence. So, you know, not, it's not romantic thing. work. Yeah, right. I'm out there painting a fence and the only people that are out there is myself and one intern. And we're painting the fence, and she looks over, and she's like, do you smell bread? What? Um. Yeah. What the hell? I do smell bread. It was thick, as if you were sitting in a bakery, which they had out there. And uh, along with kitchens and bread ovens and things like that, that's another... I don't know. Everything comes back to the Nazis with my stories. I don't know why. <laughs> but... They, <laughs> There's a, there's a back section of the fort that have big ovens in it. And when those, that section is on the tour, every single time I get there, they're like, oh, is that where they burn the prisoners? I'm like, well, yeah, it's the wrong war. But no. <laughs> no, it's they, uh, they would use it for what was called hot shot. They would actually heat the uh, cannonballs up and then fire them from the artillery and they hit a wooden ship that just would burst in the flames, but that's what it was for. Right. But, uh, yeah, it started with just that weird, like there's no one else out here and we're smelling bread baking, but we kind of dismissed it. Uh, then it was probably maybe a month later, but this time, you know, every once in a while I'd have to go out there if they were shorthanded and put on civil war uniform, be a Confederate or a union soldier. And, it was at the end of the day and everyone was up in the changing rooms, girls, guys, whatever, in their perspective changing rooms. And I was down again with like two or one or two other people waiting at the Sally port for everyone to get ready to go back out to the tram. The public was already gone and we just started hearing brrr, these drums out of nowhere. And uh, one of the uh, guys that was volunteering sticks his head out. He's like, did you hear that? He's up on the second level in the changing room we're like yeah he's like that wasn't a woodpecker i'm like no unless the woodpecker knows the call to assemble <laughs> i'm pretty sure that wasn't a woodpecker but whistling whistling is another thing that i we just heard at the last tour i was taking a tour into uh the one building that has the uh the issue room and supply rooms things like that and uh several people would be like do you hear whistling i'm like yeah that happens here
0: you know it's but funny? It, you mentioned that about the bread. Not to cut you off, but something just popped into my head. I've read a lot of books on Civil War battlefields and mm-hmm. things of that area, uh, era. I mean, and um, there's often reports of people smelling bread. You know, there's. Really? Yeah, I've I've heard of that before. It's something we got to ask Joshua Cutchen about when we get him back on here to talk oh, about yeah. his book. Uh, the brimstone. I would assume they would smell hardtack
1: before they'd smell bread. Oh my god! I've,
3: hardtack. I've read about I've the, had actually. Hardtack. I remember when so uh, bad
0: way back so in the day awful. with Peritopia, Jeff Ritzman and Vaney had gone and stayed at a um, a cottage on on Gettysburg Battlefield and they had said Ooh. there that there was a there there was believed to be a ghost that haunts this cabin there and they had said that they had smelt bread or baking cookies in this house wow and well, i've I heard, never cookies I, i've heard stories of civil war era like battlefields and houses. well not know so much battlefields but uh houses and things like that where they continuously get the smell of like baked goods, like baked bread and baked cookies and stuff. Oh, that's fascinating. I never knew that. When you said that, that popped into my head. It was, it's it's really strange that, but when you think about it, when you're you're probably a Civil War, you know, you're serving your time in the military and things like that. Their meals are made there. And that's probably one of the the biggest, you know, probably one of the most delicious smells that wafts through that forest. Yeah,
3: yeah, it was, um, meals weren't great out there, but at least you were getting them. Uh There was a lot of, there was a lot of, uh, it was a little bit better than hardtack, but not much, you know, I mean, it wasn't, you were getting, you know, meat at least and you were getting sliced bread, but it was usually stale because the union soldiers got the fresh bread and then you would get the stale as a prisoner, but it was bread.
2: Uh
3: But, uh, yeah, they had a huge bakery out there. And so I wasn't surprised to smell that. Um, I think. The, the only – I've seen two full apparitions when I was out there. The first one was if you want to see something out there, come out, sit somewhere, shut up, and just sit and wait. Because most of the time on the tours, there's so much going on. There's so many people everywhere that other than on a few occasions, there hasn't been a lot of manifestation out there. Whereas on uh, the overnights that we would have for um, – for a reenactment weekend. So you would have tons of these uh, different units come out. Confederate units would be down in the barracks that they rebuilt uh, for Confederates and the union soldiers would be up here and we might have, you know, 50, 60 people sleeping over. But since we're all reenactors, which is, you know, a nice term for geeky LARPers with real weapons,
2: <laughs> um,
3: <laughs> we would always sit in this one section between two buildings and we would sit there and talk about reenacting. So I was like, "Yo, oh, you know, I remember when I was at the 150th anniversary of Antietam and we're coming down through, you know, through the, uh, artillery lines. And so I guess we're talking about the right things. And, uh, I had gotten up to go to the, uh, staff bathroom because, you know, I'm fancy and can use the staff bathroom, <laughs> which, which, which on a hot up. day is an event in itself it's a uh, yeah i gotta take a leak uh,
0: you'll have to excuse yeah. me i've got my own private bathrooms over there <laughs> right you
3: know? with a fan in it sorry and you that, guys got the
0: outhouse over here but uh
3: <laughs> i'm special that, so, uh... that's right they can go up and use it the, they're, they're all compost bathrooms because you know we're on a swamp a swamp island and it has a fan in it and i'm not gonna lie you know when you're in wool and it's a it's 98 degrees out there it, it's uh the fan feels nice i'm not gonna lie <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: so i go to use the staff <laughs> bathroom because i have this addiction to the fan on my fanny and uh you're weird <laughs> uh, you are yeah, a weird just, guy gary yeah, the swamp yeah, bath. you knew this in advance yeah right so uh, i go up there i use the bathroom the best part is when someone else uses the other side because there's two bathrooms up there and then it creates a suck never mind um but anyway <laughs> oh, boy. yeah yeah it, <laughs> and we uh, yeah. So, uh, I come back from using that and I'm going to, I decided to go the different way and cut through all the bedrooms. They have a whole section that's made to show you what it was like if you were a visiting officer or dignitary, or if you were an officer stationed at the fort, you could have a suite of rooms. So you would have a bedroom for the officer and his wife and then a parlor and then maybe a kid's room, things like that. But then there's like three bedrooms that extend from there which is usually where i sleep in one of those and uh the whole the suite is actually referred to as captain young's suite and so i come down through there and get to the parlor and as i'm coming through the doorway i look to my right where there's the uh the fireplace and mantle and there's a woman standing right there hair in a bun in a hoop skirt and i'm thinking it's one of the one of the ladies i work with and i'm like And I go to turn to her and I'm like, why did you get back in costume? Everyone's gone. And it just vanishes. Hmm. Just gone. And, you know, I'd like to tell you where I was like, oh, that was fascinating. I'm going to look around the room. No, I hightailed it. I'm just like, whoa. And head on down the stairs. That's an honest reaction. Yeah. At the same time, a friend of mine went the complete opposite direction and was going up to the roof probably to you know have a cigar or something like that and he was going to go up to the uh the uh the roof of the fort and you can just take the stairs up because that they had guns all along the roof and they actually still have a uh uh, eight inch columbiad on the roof that they fire every couple times every day for uh the tourists to come out to see the fort and they go through the whole drill for firing and everything but he was going up the stairs and as uh he was going up the stairs. Another reenactor was coming down the stairs. So he moved over since they spiral. There's a narrow part and a wide part. So he moved to the narrow part to let the person coming down in kind of darkness have the wide steps and the, uh, the reenactor tipped his hat and vanished. Wow. Yeah. So he he comes barreling (laughs) from one direction. I come barreling from the other direction back to the group, sit down and they're like, what got into you two? We're like, yeah, nothing. We're good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> nothing to see here. No- nothing no- in the <laughs> nothing happening here. Carry on.
3: Just another day at Fort Delaware. That's um, awesome. But uh, there's a, uh, a little girl who gets seen now and then looking through the window in the uh, general's office. Uh, that's a point I'd like. Uh, a lot of people come in somewhere on the Internet. It talks about that the general Sh- general Schaff was the commandant. And uh, that he was referred to by the Confederates as General Terror. Well, this wasn't true. General Schaff actually uh, became really good friends with one of the prisoners who was a secretary for Jefferson Davis and actually named his firstborn after him. So uh, he wasn't real anti-prisoner. He tried to do everything he could for the prisoners, so he wasn't any general terror but i don't know where that rumor all came from but i hear that almost every tour they're like oh is this where general terror's offices and like no it's general Shaff. he was just fine with the prisoners i'm sure he had his own retirement plan there was a rumor that he would buy peaches for like a couple cents and charge them almost a buck for them to the prisoners but you know they were confederate prisoners so
1: screw <laughs> <laughs> <True> you <laughs> for
3: these <laughs> delicious peaches all right, and there go all your southern listeners i apologize <laughs> <laughs> yeah. thanks Thanks for Trump oh sorry um, <laughs> <laughs> ah, yep, <that laughs> better edit said. that out too yeah <laughs> um, The I mentioned the parlor the parlor is one of the uh, my favorite places I, that I like to take groups and uh, I had one gentleman that was working at the fort very adamant there's no ghost out there no such thing as ghosts I'm like oh yeah alright wait till the next overnight and then come sit with me in the parlor so I take – it's myself and his son – him and his son and just one other person. I don't remember who it was. And we're sitting there just at the little, ta- little table. There was no seance. We're just sitting at the table. And I'm like, just give it a little while. We'll sit here and be quiet. And then you could just start hearing the shuffling, shuffling and up and down the stairs and shuffling at the bottom of the stairs. And no one was there. But you could hear people clop, 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 up and down the stairs, up and down the wooden stairs, except the wooden stairs have been gone since World War Two, and they're metal, which when you walk up, it's a clank, 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 clank up these pretty much almost like diamond plate, like quality stairs. So it's a much different sound than the sound you hear sitting in the parlor. Um Wow. But
0: again, no direct interaction with anybody. Just just no, seeing like residual No, it's very things.
3: rare. You'll hear now down at. Um, that's in one section. Uh, another section in the where you have the issue room. Uh, there's stairs again, metal since World War II that lead up to where the dressing rooms are and changing rooms. Um, down at the bottom of that, there's a. Uh, you'll you can hear uh, ropes creaking and things like that because there used to be a uh, real big kind of um what's the word for rope rope systems for lowering up and down artillery uh and supplies because that was a supply building and there's a big you know hole in the ce- hatch in the ceiling above you and everything and if sometimes people have heard the creaking of ropes and pulley systems and everything going in through there uh Again, you'll hear people walk. That's where a lot of the whistling is heard, right in that hallway. Uh, I've just just this past season, on um, the first tour, uh, the girl that I was dating came with me so she could experience the tours and everything and help out. And uh, I was taking her for a tour around the fort before everything opened up and getting things ready. And she just stopped without even telling her about any of this. She thought she's like, "Did you hear whistling?" I'm like, oh, did you hear some? <laughs> Doesn't oh, even phase of most of us anymore. Like, oh, did you get some whistling? Oh, that's great. So, let me know if you smell bread. I haven't eaten.
0: How many people have walked up to you during <laughs> tours, or like, have you have you conducted a tour where something happened on a tour where a whole bunch of people actually experienced something? Um, mostly with ghost boxes. Oh
2: no! Um,
3: yeah, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, the uh, the main one that happened to us during a tour. Was there's a disembodied scream, male scream that comes from the roof, and I've heard it three times now. The first time I ever heard it was on a uh, private overnight. The uh, the ghost group, the go- the paranormal investigation group that uh, really kind of leads the tours and does that and mans the room. Great people, Diamond State Ghost Hunters. Uh, they were they get to have. Their own investigation overnight
2: once a year
3: yeah so of course you know I try and sponge along so I can have another overnight at the fort and uh, again the less people you have and the quieter you are the more that happens out there and we were out there for that and it was just this blood-curdling scream from the rooftop so there was only two staff members myself and and uh, Emily out there at the time we went and gotten one of the four wheel mules to make sure that a boat had a boat hadn't hit the sandbar or something like that but uh nope nobody anywhere nothing just disembodied screams another night at fort delaware but uh, we had that during one tour and my group heard that and they that kind of that kind of set them off for the night they were pretty disturbed by that it's pretty disturbing it's loud and it's definitely a male just screaming like they're being tortured
0: now i know gettysburg (laughs) their official stances that (laughs) gettysburg is not haunted blah blah blah. but then i've been told people will pull you off the side and say so what did you see i mean right does your does that place have the same kind of policy where they just know this place is not haunted blah or do they, they kind of embrace it
3: um you know it depends on the echelon that you're in if you go to the state park level, they'll be like, it's bupkis, but we're making money off it. Uh-huh. Uh, honestly, since I'm not there, you know I'm not an employee anymore, I can be honest. But the uh, you get down to the people who have actually worked there, something's going on. And even when we give the tours, we're like, look, we're not going to tell you it's haunted. That's for you to decide because you got to put that disclaimer out uh-huh. there. But uh, if you've slept out there and you've worked out there, at very least you've heard something felt something seen something that makes you like what is going on because i mean even with the cheesy equipment that you sometimes run into out there things happen we're like myself and uh, a uh, another friend who was a freemason were leading a tour and it you know the ghost box goes off to gary and
0: mason <laughs> we're like and we're done, done.
2: Yeah, <laughs> it really freaks you out,
0: huh? It really like it, it still know, gives it, you the heebie jeebies, even though it's
3: it, it, sometimes it'll shock me. But I, I'm really comfortable out there. I always tell my friends that if I if I die, my spirit, my ghost is going to go there and they'll come out of the walls like field of dreams and just walk me back into the fort. And I just, you know, add to the ghost count. And then I get to, you know, pull women's hair and poke them and stuff. You know, on no, ghost you'll be hanging out in the
0: you'll be hanging out in the employee bathroom, messing with the fans. <laughs> <Just seeing> yeah. <you. laughs> I can already tell.
2: No.
0: <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> I'm gonna come here and I'm gonna haunt this place and I'm gonna haunt those bathrooms.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Somebody be in there out. taking oh, a dump, Gary. <laughs> yeah.
3: That fan felt great. The fan hasn't worked in years. We believe it's Gary. He was an employee. <laughs> oh God. But, uh, speaking of employees, so uh, ghost hunters the TV show. Yeah. I was going to ask
0: you about this. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Three or four times. They came out there for their show a couple times and they came out for ghost hunter Academy. I think it was called to train their, their new stage people. Um, and, uh, they were out. And if people don't know about ghost shows, uh, they say they're out there overnight and overnight means a week (laughs) and (laughs) they come out and everything, but they, uh, they took our director and I don't ever at the time, she's no longer the director. now. I don't want to use her name because I didn't get her permission, but uh, she and uh, her friend worked there coming up through the ranks from historical interpreter up to being director. And he was a historian. So they had been there for many years and they, all, they didn't believe in any of it. And they always said, Hey, if one of us goes, we'll make sure we give you a sign from the other side that lets you know that it's real. And they would laugh about it and walk around the fort going, where are you, ghost? Come on out and just laugh about it. Well, her friend then passed away not long before Ghost Hunters came out. So Ghost Hunters come out and they have that big reveal at the end. And they're like, we got the strangest EVP. We don't know what to make of it. So we want to play it for you. And all it is is this voice. And it says, where are you, ghost? Come on out. And uh, that pretty much freaked her out because it was she's like it was his voice. It was his, you know, you know, reflection. It was his the way he would say it and everything that really she's like, I'm done. I'm no more for now. That really upset her and stuff. She had also been there. Uh, Scouts come out and will stay the night. So they get to go around and play in the fort for a little bit and explore it. And then at night they have to go outside the fort into their tents they close the doors and whoever's the lucky person on that outage gets to have the whole fort to themselves for a night, which I never got to do. I was always sad. I never got to have, get to spend the night by myself in the fort. Uh, course I say that because I never got to spend a night by myself in the fort.
1: <laughs> Sounds like sour grapes to me. Yeah. Right. So
3: she, uh, she goes up to spend the night in, uh, Captain Young's bedroom, which is a very nice set up bedroom in there. she, puts out her sleeping bag on top and her lap her uh, ipad and everything and she hears someone going up and down the stairs she's like oh the scouts so she goes to look at the stairs the scouts in here i closed the big doors These doors are thick She's like oh no no one on the stairs so she literally just walks out looks down the stairs eh, whatever no one's there walks back in no sleeping bag no ipod she has to go five you know four bedrooms down through the parlor through the kids room through one bedroom to the very last bedroom and there in the corner was her sleeping bag and iPad hmm. and she's like well i guess i'm supposed to sleep here tonight so she slept in that bedroom
0: huh now about uh, the ghost hunter thing there was mm-hmm. um there was something you were telling me about that they had captured an image or something like that but it was actually just a maintenance <laughs> man
3: yeah, and, and evidently in the uh, the first episode, the first show they did there, they they made quite a big deal of catching the shadow or whatever crossing, uh, crossing the camera or whatever. And yeah, that was the head of maintenance.
0: Yeah, I remember that. That he, was that he, was their live episode. Into the I shot. believe.
3: Oh, it probably was. Now Josh Gates was out for the last one. I didn't get to go out there. He was out with like Ghost Asylum or something like that, and he was the host. And they were doing a big show out there and i didn't get to be out there too much for for that one but they may, they were quite a uh team i don't want to get you guys sued so i
0: <laughs> oh we're not gonna get sued. other than yeah right uh, <laughs> we're not they, gonna uh, get sued pretty
3: much from what i understand they came out they just wanted to know where to go now not josh gates josh gates was a consummate professional but uh really the, yeah the god and he's like 127 feet tall
0: yeah,
2: he
3: looks like a yeah, monster. They, they say oh, that they're really huge. nice
0: guys. Everybody that I've talked to, because I know yeah. people that work behind the scenes in the industry that I cannot get to come on the show for the life of me. Uh, right. And they've all said that, yeah, the ghost, the, the actual guys, the the two main guys from Ghost Hunters are yeah. very cool. They're very down-to-earth people. Oh, and yeah. And yeah, one of the yeah. reasons I got out of it was because there was so much stuff that was being twisted and done strange and done yeah, differently. Yeah, that's, that's that why Josh kinda...
3: Zaffis got out of um, doing uh, uh, Haunted Collector. Yeah. I mean, he tried to put off doing these shows for so long, for those very same reasons. And then he did Haunted Collector, and they just wanted him to sensationalize stuff, and he wouldn't do it. So, because I know, actually least... know
0: a guy that for a while did have a ghost hunting show of some kind, or that was on an mm-hmm. off, it was on an off cable network, and uh, right, they have stipulate like he, it's like. They'll, you'll go on the show and they'll say, well, we want you to go in there and tell these people that this house is absolutely haunted. And right. they were like, well, no, we don't think it is haunted, but they'll go in yeah. there and they'll re-edit the audio where they'll show their face. And then they'll show the person and you'll hear them say something that they didn't say. They'll re-edit the audio in such a way. Right. That, and yep. then they'll go back and they'll show the person's face again, even though they're not saying it, it's implied that uh, they said right.
3: it. You right. Know? And it's, uh, it's sad because it really takes away. There are some, Like the group that is out there, they call they consider themselves debunkers, Mm -hmm. not ghost hunters. Like we don't come to your house to hunt ghosts. We come to your house to figure out what's going on. If we can't explain it, then it is something unexplained. Yeah. So that's why I have a lot of respect for Gina and that group, and and uh, why they've got the state, you know, an okay from the state to come out and do it because they're not making a disgrace of it. Yeah. They're not. They're not trying to. You know, lead you into anything you don't believe. It's for you to figure out. And if you happen to be there and the rocking horse in the kid's room starts rocking or. Does that happen a lot? Um, I haven't seen it. Other people have said they've seen the uh, rocking horse rock. I don't like that room. It's the only room in the fort of the rooms where you can sleep in that I will not sleep in. I've never slept in the kid's room. It gives me the jeebies. It's the only place in the fort that gives me the jeebies. I don't know why, but I will not sleep in that room. I hate it. Now, I, just, I hate it.
0: I've got some notes here. You had mentioned mm-hmm. something about moorhounds being sighted out there before.
3: Oh, um,
0: what is a moorhound, and what do you mean, well, by big a dog? M- there, yeah,
3: yeah. There's stories of uh, in the moors of England that you'll hear these howling dogs when there's no dogs. Lack uh, shook. Yeah, at the end of uh, at the end of the day, uh, we we get on the on a mule, you know, a four wheel, uh, jeep like thing, and we go and we do the back trails all the way around just to make sure everyone's off the island if the public because some i'll put it this way some people come to fort delaware and get you know a little overly excited and decide to go out on the, <laughs> the trails and do more than hike you're so, going uh, to get a little bit randy eh yeah 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 a little little something something going on there so we just like to check the trails make sure people didn't miss the time to go home bell and <laughs> things like that so myself and a friend's son get on the mule and we go to the go around to the the back and uh, go through the trails and everything. And as we come around the, the corner, you pass the uh, barracks. They built an exact duplicate from the uh, archives of what the uh, prisoner barracks looked like on the exact spot that a prisoner barracks were, were at the time to show you what that was like. So we pass there, close and lock that up, and then we continue down the trail into the woods, which there weren't woods then that would have led down the officer's row and the hospital and things like that. But the, uh, the, uh, the ground that you're on now is eight to 10 feet, sometimes even higher than it was in the 1860s. Uh, they, they did dredging of the river because right across in Delaware city is a refinery. So you got big oil tankers coming through there. So they had to dredge out a channel Otherwise, it's really, you know, you fall off the ferry, just stand up. It's like three to four feet, sometimes five to six at high tide. But Wow. But, uh. yeah, anyway, we go around and we come around this corner and we both kind of start and, you know, ah, as we come around the corner and then we have that uncomfortable two guys standing there going, what did you see? Uh, what did you see? Well, you first. <laughs> but uh, we, we both saw this old... Confederate man just standing by a tree stump. And it was literally, again, maybe lasted two seconds. And then it's just gone. It doesn't fade out. It doesn't blink. It's just gone. Hmm. Enough to startle us. So we just like, yeah, yeah, this part of the island looks clear. We're good. (laughs) And (laughs)
1: we're done. Nobody banging here. And we're done.
3: (laughs) Yep. So we just kind of turn around and head up. And our next stop would be to go up and lock the bathrooms because there's actual, you know, real facilities with sinks and bathrooms and stalls and stuff for the public. So we go up there and as we're going up there, we start hearing these, these dog howling and there's no dogs out on the Island. So that's uh every once in a while you hear these dogs howling, you'll hear them at night. And uh, we're about a mile from uh, the Delaware city, Delaware side, and probably not quite as much, maybe three fourths of a mile to half mile to the, jersey side maybe it's a full mile i don't know but we're we're smack dab in the middle we're pretty out there you're not going to hear a dog howling from either side of the of the mainland so that was kind of creepy the Hmm. the hounds but i always call them the moor hounds because in england they have these stories of these these red-eyed glowing hounds that patrol you know that, that roam through the moors of of uh england
0: Wouldn't know anything about (laughs) them.
2: Yeah, right?
0: (laughs) Wouldn't know anything about black Never heard of those. Experiences. Have Um, no clue. No, not a single clue at all. Um, (laughs) Well, moving on, you've also got a note in here about a ghost cook and a ghost maid.
3: Yeah, um, one of the stories that we tell, and it was very expensive to be an officer out there. It was expensive to be an officer anywhere in the Union Army. You had to pay for everything. You paid for your uniforms. You paid for your food. Um, and, uh, you know, your wife wasn't going to come down and cook in some industrial fort kitchen. She's a lady and you're a gentleman that was not happening. So you had to hire a cook. So there was several different cooks that would come in to cook for ranking officers there at the fort. And depending who you talk to, there's, I'm not even going to guess a name. I swear every time I do the tours, I hear a different name of what this lady's name was, but we'll say, I think Rachel was one of them. I don't know. But uh, there was a story that she doesn't like men in her kitchen. And uh, I never that was one story I never gave a lot of credence to. I've never had an experience in the kitchen, never had any problems. And I, I, I I like to think I can cook. So I've always been like, you know what, I can cook on my modern stove in my condo. I wonder how well I can cook on a wood stove in an 1800s fort. I'm going to try and do Julia Child's provincial chicken and Show often <laughs> provincial see, see what i can not burn here Gasty. so uh yeah it was great so I, I make this chicken and i've been kind of doting with that And i was making bread in the bread oven and uh, it was the end of the day so everyone all the public was going to the last uh tram which takes them out to the dock to get the uh the the uh, ferry back to the mainland so there was no one really around. If anyone was around, they were either getting on the tram to go home or they were going up to the uh, changing room to change because it was going to be an overnight. In fact, I think it was that, that leading into that that uh, ghost, the, uh, ghost group's one with them. That was a really active night that had the little girl. On, and I'll tell you about the white form and everything, too. But I'm um, sitting there checking the chick, and I just pulled it out to kind of flip things over and check it. And I hear so uh, everything okay in here or you're right in here. I think it was, you all right right in here. And I'm just immediately go into, you know, re- re- reenactor mode. And I'm like, Oh yes, madam just making the generals dinner there. <laughs> and huh. there's nobody here. So I kind of walk out and right a- the kitchen, this officer's kitchen was right, goes right across to the generals. Uh, office and his conference area and things like that. No one in there walk outside, no one out in that area. Like there is nobody anywhere. I'll be damned. Maybe this one has more credence. Evidently I'm allowed to cook in her kitchen. I guess I passed a test. But uh, Yeah. Then um, later, what I think was that night for that sleepover, pretty sure that was, we would, you would sleepovers. We would make a staff dinner and then we would sit in the general's conference room and have like a big, period type dinner we'd make pies or chicken or roast or pot or whatever from a, a period cookbook or something like that but it was late in the late at night and we were sitting in that general's office so i'm sitting actually at his desk looking back across the hall towards that kitchen and uh this white fog and i'm not going to say it's glowing because it's not like scooby-doo and it was glowing but it was <laughs> you know it's just this bright white form and you could hear the sh- shuffling of the feet and it just goes by the door it wasn't necessarily human form but it was just this white fog that just goes dum-de-dum-de-dum-de-dum by the door and what the hell was that <laughs> we're all looking out because we all heard the footsteps and another day at Fort Delaware
0: huh and it just vanished yeah. that was it it was pretty yeah I just
3: walked right past that door and guess it got where it was going and that was the end of that.
0: But you've never been on like an actual tour and something happened to somebody in the group or something that, you um, know well, you know,
3: we've had, or the do gamut. you take that we've stuff to, with a
0: grain of salt?
3: Sometimes we have had the, you know, the, the, you know, the, the, the lady that will come in and be like, Oh, well, I'm a psychic. I'm sensing oh, yeah. <laughs> a lot of people died here. Really? You think? Yeah, you're it on was a, a smallpox epidemic. <laughs> Yeah, twenty seven hundred people died here, ma'am. She's like, I believe their souls are all trapped because they're buried here. Uh, no, you're in a swamp, ma'am. They tried burying them here in 1861 <laughs> and the water table pushed the bodies back up to the surface. So all the bodies are buried across in Jersey and what's in Fort Mott and uh, a giant cemetery over there
0: have you had a lot of psychics come through when you're there and try pulling that stuff or, I mean, how do you, how do you deal with it? You just kind of roll your eyes and say, yeah, whatever, or what have you. Yeah.
3: Oh, is that right, ma'am? Yeah. And then it depends if it's the first tour, you still have a sense of humor. So you're just like, (laughs) you're like, yes. Oh, okay. That's great, ma'am. Enjoy your tour. And then by the second tour, you know, and especially if you're halfway through the month (laughs) and you've worked a 14 hour day and then you're doing this, like I, Getting the vibe that there's a guy here. Eventually you just start your tours. Listen, if you're a
0: psychic and you're getting an impression, just shut the hell up. We don't want to hear about it.
3: (laughs) But no, we want everyone to have a good time. And it's like we say in the beginning, I always, if I'm helping, you know, get the tours signed up, the people signed up and get ready for the boat, we would give the speech of, all right, how many people wanted to come here? You know, and people raise their hand. How many were sitting on their couch and their significant other made them come here? (laughs) <laughs> you know, and then you'll have a bunch of other hands go up and like, well, whether, whether no matter what you believe or what you experience, some people are going to see what they see and hear what they hear. Please be respectful and, you know, mm-hmm. but uh, we also asking and how many were pre-gaming at uh, the restaurant? Uh, <laughs> Delaware City has a few restaurants and they're all very... Um, peculiarly named uh the first one is crabby dicks okay and, uh, yeah and it's and it's sexual innuendo through the whole menu like there's instead of uh
1: that's right you know, up rose alley oh yeah and,
3: like there's uh there's they have lots of you know like hush puppies things like that but they're all called balls so there's rooster balls and that's you know like chicken with hot sauce and then their special sauce is called semen sauce yeah you get the picture <laughs> oh god but um and then Pink there's another restaurant. The right. The main street in Delaware City is called Clinton Street. So we opened another restaurant called Lewinsky's on Clinton.
1: Oh no. That's
3: But uh so yeah, we have our share of people that come over that side they're psychic or they they're really drunk or but that's really the rarity. Most of the time it's just people coming over. The groups that drive me nuts are, it's like, all right, now who wants to hold the K2 meter, K12 meter, or who wants to hold this? I'm like,
1: uh, I got something <laughs> for you to hold.
3: It's like, really, you just paid $50 for this tour, and you really want nothing out of it? Come on, <laughs> play play a little. You know,
0: who wants we've to got use a, a dowsing
3: rod? We've you know, got a fort something. in
0: downtown Detroit. They don't do ghost tours anymore. They, 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 they did an event once a year where they would have – you could go down there and they had a local ghost hunting organization that would run it. And you could go down there and, you, you know, you could go and listen to sure. the conference and stuff. And then you could, they would give you a night where you could walk through the whole place with your K2 meter and your, your right. all your different K2, things. The, and uh, me K-12 and a few. k a mountain.
2: Jeez. Yeah. Kilimanjaro. Yeah. Uh, uh, right,
0: right me and a few listeners went down there and we did a big meet up there and we walked through it and they were like, listen, Fort, Fort Wayne Detroit has never actually seen any kind of actual action or anything like that. Yeah. Um, they're like, that we know of this place isn't haunted. There was a picture of a shadow person that was taken. Of course, it's the grainy photo of like a shadow, you know, and you're like, oh, okay, you know, right. whatever. Right. Like Sam, Put this hat on, yeah. stand so, over there in the dark and run. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, we, you know, so we walked around and there was all these different, it was like every ghost hunting group within the city at the time oh, was course. there and I met some really cool people there some of those people I'm still friends with to this day They some of those people listen to the show um, but they, you know they told you up front they was like yeah this place really isn't haunted but we're doing this because we're trying to get money to keep this place preserved and all that well sure. since then the leadership in Detroit has changed and the situation right. has changed they no longer let the groups in there but while we were there Every every knucklehead on the planet had some kind of a device in their hand, be it a Frank's oh, yeah. box or uh, oh, yeah. an EMF meter and yeah,
3: Mel meters, everything.
0: Yeah, just all this stuff, and these people were all walking around, and it, it looked like it, it looked like a bad Ghostbusters cosplay convention. <laughs> yes, and you, uh, that. you know, and there it, it was, it was it was nice to walk around there and stuff. I was like, all right, I'm going to be respectful because all these people are here and stuff. You know, right and. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, there was a lot of people just walking around. And the funny thing is, is there were so many people there. You would have a guy five rooms down and another guy four rooms over and a guy down below you. And they were all like, if there's a ghost here, could you please make a noise or something like that? Yeah, And the problem is, it's like, you know, there's so many people here doing this right now that even if you do get something and it comes up on your recorder, you can't trust any kind of evidence. You can't. There's so
3: much noise.
0: Yeah, because there's so many people here and... And you know, and the
3: windows rattle in their casements all the time. And they'll be like,
0: oh, I heard a bump. It's a
3: bump. They responded. I'm like, no, there was wind.
0: And I looked at one guy. He had a, an, a, an EMF meter. I'm like, do you know how to set that? And he goes, yeah, you just right. turn it on, you know, and off you go. Oh, and I'm dear. like,
3: do you know, how to take a if base- it's a tri
0: Yeah. And I'm like, do you know how to take a baseline reading or anything like that? He's like, what's that? Yeah. I'm like, oh, boy. I'm like, you have to get a, meeting, had- a reading for the what's in the area to go off. If You can't yeah. just turn it on and go, you know.
3: We had, we had one gentleman that came in this one of my tours this season he had a, a tri-field meter and i'm just like um you realize that picks up human electromagnetic waves right so no matter where you put it that's going to go off at mm-hmm. least to some extent he's like oh i'm like if you're going to buy the equipment at least understand and know how, to how to use, use it your equipment. exactly
2: um yeah, one exactly. of the things i
3: explained them because they'll get excited they'll be like it's going off i'm like all right look on your k2 see how it's rhythmic from zero to like red on a constant rhythm that is picking up a signal beacon. And I'm pretty sure if you go out and look out that window, you're going to see a, uh, either a cargo ship or an oil tanker going by. And lo and behold, there'll be one. They'll pick up a signal beacon. So you, you, you've kind of, you kind of learn where to be like, all right, that's a signal beacon. Cause that's just a rhythmic one. And now it's going to start getting farther and farther. And
0: now farther I have met away. people that do know their shit and go, yeah, this oh, is, Oh yeah. you know, those people yeah. I'll sit and listen to like, all right, well you, at least, I'm not sure if what your device is, is going to pick up what you're looking for, but you at least have a good idea of when you're picking up a oh, cell yeah. phone signal or when you're picking up an electrical outlet right. and stuff, you know, and I've had people that'll come up and say, yeah, this is this, this isn't, you know, and I, I try not to be, surly about it. and I try not to be that guy, you know, but I'm like, all right, well, you know, you know what you're talking about. At least I'll, you know, I'll keep my mouth shut and step back. Oh, absolutely.
3: Because I don't want to be the
0: guy that walks up and be like, I'm so much better than you because
3: (laughs) again, they paid to come out for this tour. I don't want to ruin their experience, but I also don't want them. I don't want them to be led on by something that we know is a false positive.
2: Mm -hmm.
3: Now, of course, if it's going off like that and you're in that Endicott building, that's like four feet of concrete. You're not picking up any signal beacons inside that place. If that thing is going off, I'm confused. Mm-hmm. And it goes off in there quite often. You'll get this these high, full hits of electromagnetic field inside there. And it's like, all right, we've gone over everybody's phone. Everybody's phone's on airplane mode. No one's getting texts because that'll set them off too. Text, phone calls coming in will set off the K2 meters. But uh, so we just sit there and try and work through and try and get it to recreate. You know, we want a scientific method out there. We don't want people to just come out and be like, oh, well, we knew that was fake, but we'll let you believe it. Because that's not fair to their experience either.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But by the same token, they're the ones that are paying the money. But there's some people, no matter what oh, you right. tell them, they're going to believe what they want to oh, believe. Oh, they're going to believe artist, it.
2: So, yeah.
3: And they probably came with, you know, the Madam Psychic who's mm-hmm. telling me, you know, they – they cooked them in these bread ovens. Yes, man, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> <laughs>
1: if they still worked, then we can get rid of your stupid ass. Yeah,
3: that's, that's right. If you could, uh, oh, I
0: now being <laughs> it's that it's story, on a swamp, yeah. I have to ask: being that the whole place is built on a swamp, do you have instances yes. of swamp gas and stuff out there? Have you have you experienced swamp not, gas? It?
3: Not that I've seen. Um, probably because there is such eight to ten feet of of dredge spoils on top of it that you can actually walk around out there. Mm-hmm. I wonder if I've never heard any story or diary entry from the time of ghosts of uh, from 1860s talking about weird experiences out there. Cause it was uh, they had to build boardwalks just to walk around. It was so swampy. That was uh, like from the people that died. Pleurisy was bad out there. Um, pneumonia. It was just a very, very wet kind of miserable environment that was out there and um sounds so welcoming (laughs) it was hot in the summer it was freezing cold in the winter it's always like 20 degrees colder out on the island than it is on the mainland and it's uh that's why it's always a turn because the the tours will start in early october and i'll be out there in jeans and a t-shirt and by the end of the tours in october i'm in like scarves and a hat (laughs) <laughs> you know, and I, I get back to the mainland in my car and I'm back to like a, you know, a sweatshirt is fine, but it is just cold and breezy out there on the river and on the island.
0: Now, you've already mentioned that the, the, the Morehouse thing with uh, the ghost house and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Have you ever had, or has anybody ever had experiences outside of the realm of ghost experiences Has people seen UFOs out there? Uh, you know, anything outside of the norm, outside of the realm of ghosts.
3: Wow, I didn't think about the UFO one. There, for some reason, I may have to get back to you on this because I swear that someone had told me that there was a, another weird, I don't know if it was UFO or not, but there, there was a weird, another unexplained story out there. Now, I know there's been some deer kills out there that can't be explained. Now, there's deer out on the island, and literally they swim. I don't know why they swim to the island, but they, they swim- have. Deer swim all over the place. Yeah, I, who knew? And, uh, well, Lobo knew. <laughs> but, um, uh, um, yeah, so there's a deer, sorry. a small, no, don't be sorry. There's a small deer population, and it's funny, they're getting smaller. Uh, down in Key West, there's the key deer, and they're very tiny deer, and they only get so big. And they're very, very tiny, you know, fawn-sized deer, and that's as big as they get. And that's what's happening out on, with the deer on Peapatch. But, uh, a couple of years ago, there was just quite a few that were just slaughtered out there, almost like cattle mutilations. They were just killed and slaughtered and didn't take the antlers, didn't take the meat. They weren't eaten. They weren't cut up. So it was, I kind of lumped it in with a weird sort of cattle mutilation of these about three or four deer that we found over the course of a season that were killed. But, uh, you know, and then now I look back and I'm like, man, why didn't I check with it? Was the anus gone? Were the eyes gone? You know, did they match the cattle mutilation uh, kind of thing there? But it was weird because there's no predators out on the island that we know. Of. There's coyotes and wild dogs in Delaware City, but I I don't think they're swimming out there. A mile. Well, usually when but if the deer do, who knows?
0: When you get when you get coyotes and dogs, you can tell when a coyote or a dog is, is attacked yeah. attacking. they'll eat it. You know, they'll rip they'll the flesh apart. They'll eat it. Right. Not,
1: not no. always. Yeah, but really? you can still tell not by always. you
0: can always you can still tell bite marks. uh yeah, when that's it's something, When it's taken something down, you know they you can yeah. look at it and say, yeah, that's a bite mark, or that's that's something. Like when we like when I was hunting a couple of weeks ago, and we found the poached deer on the property that I was on. And my Mm -hmm. buddy goes, those are coyotes. And I'm like, that's not coyote. Those are knife cuts through there, and those are knife cuts on the back strap, and the guts, it's been gutted and so forth. Whereas if you look at something that's been attacked by an an animal, you'll see bite marks and teeth marks because coyote don't walk around carrying knives, you know, at least maybe not. I don't know.
3: know. Maybe in Delaware City they do. Yeah, I'll say maybe in Detroit we do. Detroit
0: they (laughs) probably do. I cut you, man. (laughs) Uh, I cut you. So, but yeah, I was curious about that. Also, is there any history in the area of like Indian burial grounds, or are there any Native American legends that pertain to the area?
2: Ooh,
3: that's a good one too. I don't know the the Native American area for Delaware City. I mean, obviously, all through Delaware, there's quite a quite a history going back to uh, you know about ten thousand years of inhabitants
1: in whoa, Delaware. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Slow down there. the The Earth is only six thousand years old. Oh, that's
3: right. I forgot. My bad. <laughs> Uh, they've only been there since the first century Jews existed, but uh, <laughs> oh, my my God. It always, comes, always comes back to the Nazis. Um, uh. Yeah, no, um, that not that I know of. Uh, there are I mean, there's cemeteries in Delaware City, but none that are um, specifically marked as Native American that I know of. I know Delaware City has a lot of uh, crabby dicks. That that restaurant is in a very old uh, hotel um, and people get tapped on the shoulder, their hair pulled, things like that, just sitting in the bar there, hmm. which is a lot like the General Wayne Inn in Pennsylvania. Um, it's kind of similar things happen there. And these are about – well, General Wayne Inn is 1700s. This is uh, early 1800s. Oh, speaking of hotels-like things – uh, one thing that a lot of people don't realize is uh, Peapatch Island in Fort Delaware was a full-service fort, uh, so it did have um, recreation for its officers. Brothel? Uh, yeah, Mrs. Patterson's was a brothel. Uh, it was back behind the fort. The area that it stood is actually gone now, but uh, out in the middle of the river is where Mrs. Patterson would be. But there were plenty of there were women in Children and families all out there. Uh, it just kind of reminded me because when uh, one of the other EVPs that ghost hunters got were women singing, and uh, they weren't told that the area, kind of where these picnic tables are in the fort, as you would have in an old fort, um, <laughs> next to the Coke machine,
2: mm-hmm.
3: um, where they were doing EVPs, was actually the laundry, and uh, it's where the and above it was the laundress's uh, quarters. So the fact that you would have women singing there with a slight brogue wouldn't be out of the ordinary because there was a lot Mm of Irish women there, both as laundresses and as uh, entertainment. In fact, they referred to them as Irish girls on the fort.
1: That was kind of typhoid Mary, no? Would it? (laughs) (laughs) No, no,
3: no. They uh, the diseases they offered were far different.
0: Have you heard any reports (laughs) of apparitions of pirates? I know that sounds crazy, but I've read. uh, I've got a book in here somewhere. That talks about how there was uh, sightings of pirates on the island as well at one point, ghost pirates.
3: Ooh, that I have not. Now I'm gonna have to look into that. Too. One-eyed uh, Willie, <laughs> pirates, just around the around the river, uh, downriver is old Newcastle, the town of Newcastle, and uh, that was a favorite stopping point of both Captain Kidd and uh, Blackbeard. They would come in there to drink. So it wouldn't surprise me. I The area that I live in, Newark, Delaware, is part of what's called the uh, Triangle or the, also the Wedge. And it was a section between Maryland, PA, and what eventually became Delaware. Delaware was part of PA. Mm-hmm. They love hearing that here. Just like when I tell people in West Yorkshire that they're really all just Scottish. Oh, no. They, yeah, they get very mad up there. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I had a girlfriend in West Yorkshire. She loved hearing that. I but guess. in this triangle area, um, no one would take ownership of it. Delaware would say it's PA's. PA would say it's Delaware's. They both then they would blame it it was on Maryland. So it ended up a big whole section where you would have a lot of, you know, wells wells hanging out. And uh, there's a one area called Dragon Run. They believe got its name because it was actually Dragoon Run, and that Blackbeard would bring his skiff. Up into this river, this wide river, and hide a skiff there and go into the Delaware City to drink. Um, then downstate there's Blackbird landing, which they actually believe there were not only like apparently there was a pirate named Blackbird, but they thought it also could have been just a, uh, you know, a, a name loss over time that it was Blackbeard's landing. But uh pirates are definitely in the area, so it's very possible. Hmm. but none that I' that's been told to me. Uh, I'll have to check Ed O'Connowitz's book. Uh, Ed O'Conowitz is a Delaware historian that writes all of uh, a lot of ghost books in you know, different areas of Delaware, and he has one on the ghosts of Fort Delaware. It's a really good read.
0: Well, we've had you on here for a little over an hour now. Um, I can't think That's of way too much, much. more. <laughs> <laughs> that is That's the usual amount spend with me. Yes. <laughs> oh, like, Wow. <laughs> Um, I can't think of too much more to ask you no, that off no. the top of my head. I just, it's, it's just been a pleasure talking to somebody that actually oh, was a guy there and, you know, actually did have firsthand experience, you know, rather than, yeah,
3: that's a great place. You know, if, uh, people are, people are listening and local definitely come out to the tours. Uh, that opens in May, uh, for, for, yeah, opens in May, April for school tours. And then opens in May for uh, regular during daylight tours. And, uh, You can come over. It's in Delaware City, Delaware, and take the ferry over, spend all day. And it's a great experience. They do living history over there, so people will talk to you like it's 1864 or 1863. And and you will be able to explore the fort and get behind-the-scenes tours.
0: Do they still do the ghost uh, tours?
3: uh, They do. It's every October. And it starts in uh, the beginning of October and goes until Halloween, which is the Halloween on Halloween usually if it falls on a weekend uh but the last tour of that month is usually an extended tour and that usually sells out within a week but it's uh, I think it's a hundred dollars and it's a five or six hour tour to like three in the morning and you see almost all the fort whereas usually you see about four or five different rooms over the course of your tour but uh so much fun and especially if you're in a good group and uh just have to be 16 and over and uh, come on out if you're local and check it out there's a lot of people that i've i'll meet and they'll be like oh i've never been out there what's been there for 150 years you should stop by
0: hmm. um you don't have any kind of a website or anything like that or, or nothing to promote i would assume. no right no now.
3: i'm i'm literally the most unimportant person you've ever had on the show. <laughs> I, have, I have no
0: book i have no website you know, you know, we I, we kind of prefer it that way because when people come yeah. on the show, it's seriously, it's 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 better. A lot of times, it's better because then there's no, like you know, I'm telling you this to get you to buy my product or something like that. It's right. It's sometimes it's right. nicest to talk to the no. average person who's you know firsthand been there and done it and has an experience. Yeah, their own. Just, they're not uh, trying to put anything out there.
3: You know, no, just come on out and explore history. And I
1: don't know if I'd call Gary the
0: average person. No. <laughs> <Not ever. laughs> no.
3: No. 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 It's.
1: Uh...
0: You are yeah, a definitely think... a very interesting individual because there's a lot of things. Uh, that we one way to put it, we we didn't yeah. touch on tonight.
1: <laughs> no, He's like the Dosekis guy. <laughs> I,
3: uh, I've had a very weird and sordid existence, so I'm sure. Uh your poor listeners will be driving on wherever they're doing or listening to their podcast and hear my dumbass again.
0: Well, you but, are uh, on our Facebook page. You're, you're active in our community. So you, you've been around for a while. You are reachable. So I would imagine if somebody wants to bug you I'm on our Facebook there. page, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll He's always no on the problem. level.
3: Yeah. Always on the level. Always square
1: absolutely
0: so uh we're gonna let you go thank yes. you for coming on here and talking about this it's been a lot of fun talking with you
3: oh thank you guys this has been a blast
0: yeah it's it's yeah, it's cool it was you know it's a lot of fun talking to you and hearing this stuff we, we've been trying to pull this off for a while but as always scheduling is weird with us so it, well you know, you know you guys are popular and important oh now god no
3: Jesus. You guys are all mysterious so. universe now. <laughs> no, oh, no. Yeah. Pretty soon <laughs> pretty soon I'll have to sit through, you know, you guys talking about your advertisers and putting no. on socks.
0: No. Oh wow. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, it, it's been five years. If we would if we were to reach These that level, we would've socks. hit it by now.
3: Oh. No, you'll get there, don't you worry.
0: Did you listen to the last episode they just did? They were talking about the uh the unicorn cult?
3: Uh jeez, oh, no. Apparently I'm there's
0: behind. a I'll, I'll give. I'll give. Up tomorrow. I don't mind giving Mysterious Universe a little bit. I don't mind giving them, you know, listeners and stuff, because they they were a big influence on us. If we said many times, apparently on the right. last episode, they were talking about some kind of European unicorn uh, polyamorous cult. That, <laughs> from what I remember, and I could be very it's wrong shocking. about this. But I don't, I don't think so. To this. That uh, they oh believe that uh, they are reincarnations of star gems, and well, that of course they they're they're they unicorn reincarnated reincarnations of star gems. You know what? Whoa. None of it really made Dude, any but, sense. It was funny to listen I, to. You know, but yet
3: you know the the cult that believes there's an intergalactic walrus is full of star full of celebrities. Who knew?
0: I'm, but you yeah, know what?
3: Scientology has an intergalactic walrus. I should belong. Well, to no, that. Everybody needs
0: that. I really want <laughs> to do a show.
3: Like
0: walrus. I, I'm really yeah. interested in, in off the wall crazy cults. Now, of course, they all oh, off the wall crazy cults. But I really want to do a show on like the creme de la creme of the weird cults. And uh-huh. I really, I, I'm bummed out because a year ago I found out about this. They mentioned it in their show too that it was brought up in Vice magazine. And I got really, I got really interested. I saved it, but I never went back to it because I want to do a show on these really. Just, I'm really interested in, in why people believe these strange beliefs. And yeah, h- I mean, how does a guy? You know, I, here I am. I'm a guy. I go to work. I do whatever I got to do, and all of a sudden, I and now I now believe that I am a reincarnated unicorn star gem. You know, <laughs> and I and I that wear a tutu and put a horn in my head and dance around. How how does that happen?
3: Sure. How does that? Because you it starts. This is a brony, I'm pretty sure.
0: Oh, no, 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 Ooh, no, no. That no. was good. That, that was good. Oh, that was good. <laughs> no. Just slid that one right in there. That was nice. Lobo's my favorite brony. No lube or anything? Brony. You just said it. That was good. I like yeah, that. Yeah, I just put it right out there. Yeah. Oh, that was good. <laughs> my God. <laughs> we, we, we've all accepted Lobo's broniness. We don't have a problem with it. I, you did, know what? I don't did. need your
1: validation.
0: How's that? Well, we're not offering validation. We're just saying, you know, we're okay with it. We've You know. There's
3: validation for bronies? <laughs> oh, oh, oh. I sent him a
0: T-shirt last year. The My Little Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. That wasn't last. Oh my was god! It was, that it was two was, years I'd ago. you year that was before fantastic.
1: last. Jokes on you, bitch boy! I wear it all the time. <laughs> I know you do.
0: I know you do. So, oh my anyways. god, I'd wear that shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I, I honestly can't say I wouldn't either. To be honest with you, if I had no, it, I'd, I think oh, I'd wear it. <laughs> believe me,
3: if someone sends me free clothes, I'll wear it. Even the unicorn gem tutu. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, all right gary we're gonna let you go man all thanks right, a lot friend. for coming on here and talking with us thank and, you for uh, having me thank you know you. i i've got a, a I, I am a hundred percent certain that we are going to hear from you again before, oh, yeah. before oh, the end of the oh, year here oh. if all goes yeah, well and no as planned. Doubt. so yeah yes uh yeah you can be found on our facebook page you know project archivist yeah. on facebook um you hang out in the group you're very active you you know i'm sure if somebody lurk. wants to bug you that you'll respond to them and
3: oh no problem yeah you know
0: um, thanks for coming out here and talking to us, man. It's been a lot of fun. I'm really glad. We oh, my pleasure. To do Take care, guys. Thanks, man. Want to get in contact with the show or listen to back episodes? It's easy. Go to www.projectarchivist.com. On the right side of the page, you'll find links to our archives, as well as links on how to get onto our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter. If you want to leave a voicemail for us, it's 734-681-0459. Yes, we do listen to all of them. Or if you want to talk to Lobo directly, you can call 203-212-9975. Yes, that will in fact put you in touch with his cell phone. If he's available, he will take your call and talk to you. If you're just looking to send us an email, you can do that at projectarchivist at gmail.com. Don't forget to look for us on iTunes under the podcast section, or you can stream us right to your phone with the Stitcher Android app for free. All right, fair warning, I babble a little bit in this next section, but Right now, I'm too lazy to edit any of it, so I'm just going to leave it in. Sorry. Carry on. Gary, fun guy. Lots of stories. Lots of stories we can't tell, but I wish we could that are (laughs) just as funny.
2: (laughs) Behind the scenes.
0: I do love that guy. Um, That's cool. A little bit of insider info knowledge. I do expect him to be back on here, uh, hopefully by midsummer, because uh, we've decided to work on a project with him. Um Mm -hmm. About his family history and things like that. I don't want to say quite what it is yet, but no, I'm really, really geeked to be working with him.
1: it.
0: Yeah, I don't want to do that because I'm really excited to be to, to to help him to do this, you know. And hopefully, we've put the invite for you to be involved, and hopefully, you will. Well, I'm yeah. sure you will in some way. You'll be there when we do the show, at least, yeah, baby. <laughs> well, you've got information about the topic. You know what? We won't talk about it. I don't want. Yeah, leave I don't it want be. To, we'll leave it be. <laughs> So anyways, yes, uh, listeners out there, I said so shut know, up. if you're on our Facebook page, <laughs> I am shutting up about it. Just chill. Here, take a Vicodin. I oh, got whoa, it for no. my leg, which I'll get in a minute. Oh, my leg. We'll get to that story we'll in a second. Drive out there and rob your ass. I'll gladly take it. I've got some Vicodin left here. How many do I got? I don't know. I quit taking them, but we'll get into that in a minute because I've got to tell people about the the, the new uh The new drama in Shannon's life, which is Shannon's leg problems. Everybody, get up! Violins. Shannon being Rogan, me. (laughs) For for the new listeners, cut it off. That was almost a viable option, but we will get there. Not. So, anyways. Yeah, Gary is part of our Facebook page. If you have questions, you want to ask him. If you're a part of our Facebook page, if not, do a search for us on Facebook. We've had a lot of new people join. Uh, Again, most of them have been lurkers. A couple of people have been active, but a lot of people are lurkers. They just join the page to see all the crazy articles and stuff that gets posted up there. Um, You know, go ahead and bug him on Facebook. Real approachable guy, very friendly, very down-to-earth, very cool person, very jolly, happy guy. You know, even even when he's in a bad mood, he's still pretty happy, which I Oh yeah, what to... about him? He has a tongue on him if you piss him off though, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> So, anyways, moving along. Anybody who follows me on Facebook, I, I very seldom put stuff about my personal life up there, and I'm very particular about what I put up there. But I've been putting up there lately. I've been having problems with my left knee, so that we're gonna we're gonna go into a little bit of insider information about my personal life here. Um, I have um, I have a torn meniscus in my left kneecap, and it happened a while ago with my old job, and I'm pretty sure I know the night that it happened, but I didn't know what happened that what exactly happened. I just thought I pulled my leg. Um, so lately. Um, over the past month, well, actually for a while, since I visited you last year, I was wearing a knee brace when I visited you when I was out there. Um, yep. over the last year, my leg has been getting stiffer and harder to move and it's becoming more painful and stuff. I went to the doctor and had it looked at and they're like, Oh yeah, you know, you've probably got some damage or something in there. We're going to give you an x-ray. Oh yeah, you've got, you've got something going on in there and you've got some water. So we're going to send you out to get you a, we're going to send you out and you're going to get a, um, an ultrasound. And I'm like, all right. So I go to the place and get the ultrasound and. I get in there and the woman's talking to me and stuff, and she's really cool and everything. And she's puts the sex lube on my leg and grabs the Vibe, oh my God. vibe Master 9000 thing that sees into your leg, and she's moving it around. And then she stops and she looks at me like she's gonna screen, and then she stops and her eyes get big, and she jumps and shoots a look at me. And I'm like, am I gonna die? And she goes, not on my shift, not. And I'm like, okay, so what's up? And she's like, not on my shift. She's like, uh, are you in a lot of pain? And I said, yeah, yeah. You know, and she's like, are you taking any kind of pills right now? And I said, yeah, I'm taking whatever this moxical stuff is. And I said, I've got Vicodin, which, uh, you know, I don't like to take, but they give me those for pain. She's like, all right, so you have arthritis in your leg? And I said, yeah, I know that. And she goes, um, she goes, are you walking with a cane or anything? And I said, no. She goes, did you walk in here without a cane? And I said, yeah. She goes, well, how are you walking? I'm like, I just walk. And she goes. My locomotive power. She goes, you shouldn't be able to walk right now. You shouldn't be doing what you're doing right now. And I'm like, really? And she goes, well, you've got this here, that there. You've got torn meniscus. You've got arthritis. You've got this going on. You've got water in your leg yada yada blah 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 and i'm like okay great you know she goes let me go get another doctor and he'll come in here and so he comes in and looks at the chart and basically he's like oh yeah you're screwed i'm like okay you know (laughs) you're screwed you're screwed i'm like oh great he goes well i'm not a doctor he's i'm not your doctor so i'm not a doctor no he's he he says he's a doctor of course but he says i'm not your doctor i said well am i going to need surgery and he goes well you're a candidate for it but i can't say that because i'm not your doctor but You know, he says, yeah, you're going to need something here. You're definitely, you're a candidate for something, you know. I'm like, am I going to get orthoscopic surgery, which sucks? He goes, I can't say that. He goes, but you do have the symptoms that are necessary for you to have a surgery like that. I'm like, great. So leave, you know, uh, they set up an appointment for me to go to a specialist. And the the guy at the place where I got my ultrasound says, your doctor will be calling you by the end of the week. And that was during Thanksgiving week. And I'm like, okay, you know, and he says, he'll probably be calling you by the end of the week to set up an appointment. The next day I get a phone call. You need to go see this doctor here, the specialist, which is the same office that put the metal plate into my wrist when I broke my wrist way back. And cool little side note is the office that I go to where this stuff took place, it is George Washington Carver's old laboratory when he was working for uh, the Fords, when he was uh, working for the Ford family, experimenting with different kinds of rubber and stuff for for tires. So he made peanut butter. Well, no, he was. This is his laboratory. This is his actual laboratory sure. restored this building into the doctor's office that I go to. So when I'm in this place, I'm thinking, man, I wonder what kind of cool stuff went down in this building. You know, this building's got peanut history. butter. Well, I don't think he made peanut butter. I think he was there experimenting with different kind of rubbers and stuff for tires and car parts. But that's what this building is. So I go in there and i meet this doctor not the same doctor same office and this guy's got the bedside manner of a dead fish and he walks in he's like so uh here's the deal he was just kind of a jerk and he was kind of like he had the attitude of listen um i've got a golf game in 45 minutes with Jerry from Obstetrician, so we got to get this done he walks up he's like all right so here's the deal uh He's like, you're here to uh, have your leg looked at? And I said, yeah, you're supposed to give me a, uh, a CT scan or whatever. He's like, no, I can tell by your x-rays this is what's going on. He goes, you got arthritis in your leg and you got some water in your leg. And he goes, let me see your leg. And I'm like, all right. So, you know, I hand him my I hand him my leg. I lift my leg up and he walks him. He goes, well, here's your arthritis right here. And he, I'm, I'm just to the right of my kneecap on the inside of my leg is where that arthritis is the worst. And he shoves his thumb in there. And I'm like, oh oh, my God. You know, I'm like the weapons of mass destruction are hidden here. And he's like, yeah, that's where your arthritis is. I'm like, yeah, that, that's where it hurts. It hurts very bad. He goes, yeah, it hurts pretty bad. And he's still shoving his thumb in. And he's kind of like, it hurts, doesn't it? You know, he's got, pain. he's got this look on his face. And I'm like, yeah, okay, you can stop now. You, you can. We've established that <laughs> is where the pain is. I am in pain. You are hurting me. We have reached a new plateau in our relationship. Will you please stop hurting me? What is the goddamn safe word? So-
1: Ball gag. That's he's, the same
0: word. He's like, Well, I'm feeling around for water and stuff. And, and I forgot to tell you this part of the story. I went to the doctor earlier in the week to have my leg drained because at the point it was filling yeah, up. Yeah, you water. told
1: me. Well, I was. They stuck a great big needle in.
0: Yeah, well, when it happened, it's kind of like here's a bad analogy. It's like when you have a really bad pimple and you want to get rid of it, so you shove a needle in there to help pop the pimple. Who shoves a needle in there? People Dude, do. you're a monster. People do so by the time I went in to get I'm like just drain this I don't I, I know it's gonna hurt I don't care just get this drained. so they go to drain it and of course it's green kind of pussy gross people I know and they're like yeah you need to go to the specialist so they move my appointment up back to where I was the guy goes yeah I'm filling around for water he was like all right here's the deal you got three options you know and this is all going on within a process of 15 minutes he goes number one we can start giving you shots with cortisone you know and we'll see how that works and I'm like all right second option he goes well we can give you the orthoscopic surgery and the third option is we totally give you a whole new knee and I, I said well and he goes I don't want to give you a whole new knee because you're only 44 years old and you shouldn't be having the problems that you're having at your age right now your arthritis arthritis your arthritis is fairly advanced right now and I said well just give me the orthoscopics originally speed done. be done he goes, I can't because I don't know if the torn meniscus is going to be fixed because of the amount of arthritis that's in your leg I'm like, all right, so we're going to lob it off? You know, and he, I was thinking, yes. I was trying to be, hey, I'm trying to be funny, wacky guy because I'm going through pain right now and this is how I deal with stress. And he's like, no, I don't want to lop your leg off. And he sits and stares at me and I'm like, that was a joke. That was funny, ha You know, you're, you're supposed to laugh or smile or this is where you try to comfort me by laughing at my joke, even though you don't think it's funny. And what he was saying is, I don't think your joke is funny and I got to get the hell out of here. I'm like, all right, wow. so um, I'm bored. Yeah. And uh, I said, all right, well, it sounds like the orthoscopic surgery isn't going to be that good of an option right now. Um, I guess just give me the shot. Okay. And he stands up and walks out into the hallway. And I guess there was like a team of nurses waiting outside the door and he stops and he turns to the right and he goes, he wants the shot. And then he turns left and walks away. And I'm like,
2: what the fuck? You know?
0: <laughs> so then come the nurses and they've got the needles and they're you know, iodining my leg and all this stuff. And I'm like, how bad is this going to hurt? Oh, it's not going to be real bad, you know, blah, blah. So then he comes back in and he takes the needle, which is so many inches long. And he's like, all right, bend your knee. There you go. Now, do not move your leg because if you do, the needle will break off inside of your leg and we'll have to dig it out. And that will be more painful than the process that you're about to go through. How much is this going to hurt? You're going to feel a pinprick you're going to feel some pushing and then you're going to feel a burning sensation you know <laughs> and i'm like okay hey, You want to get right on board so they do the thing where they suck the fluid out of the leg and i'm like oh god i can already feel the relief you know and then they give me the shot of cortisone and they give me the steroids and now my leg feels better the problem is is my leg is now like it's it's all angry and it's all like you know now that's on steroids it's like dude let's get those gains going you know and it, it's my my kneecap goes off into roid rage and just starts yelling at me and stuff like that. But uh,
2: so that's wow, my situation
0: dude. right now. I'm, I'm good. I can move my leg around. I still have some pain, but I'm, you know, I'm by no means going to go out and start dancing like Fred Astaire. But I can walk around and I'm in a a you know happy, comfortable place. And he was like, "Do not take the Vicodin." I'm like, "I'm not taking the Vicodin." Yeah, don't ever take the Vicodin. You don't want to take the Vicodin. The Vicodin would be bad. I'm like, "Dude, wow. will you mellow out? Just can you smile? You know, is." Do you need me to help you remove the stick out of your ass? You know. <laughs> he's
1: not paid to smile, man.
0: I know, man. It was just like he's like, I got better stuff to deal with in your leg. You know? Yeah, dude. I'm sorry. I just he was
1: literally better. good looking. Look, I'm bored. Can we just be over with this? That was
0: pretty much what it was. Yeah. So well, you know, that was my experience with getting my leg all hooked up and taken care of. So wow, that's, that's that the was story. riveting. Moving on, <laughs> uh I'm gonna put this out there. Uh, There's seven
1: minutes of my life I'm never getting back. I
0: tried to make it an amusing story (laughs) because it was. I'm like – and the whole time this is going on – and then there's also like – one department, one office lost my appointment. They didn't know who I was, and I called to confirm the appointment. Like, we don't know who you are. And I was like, well, I've got the paperwork right here. Well, we don't know about this paperwork. And then I drove the other ones. oh, yeah, you're here, blah, blah, blah. Well, why, when I called uh, you, did you tell me that? Oh, I don't know. Okay. So I didn't have to drive all the way up here to begin with. I had to drive all the way over to Dearborn, Michigan, which isn't real bad. It's like 15 minutes away. And then at uh, the other doctor, like, because I had gone there before to get my wrist fixed, they thought I was going back for that. And then they called me up like, sir, we can't fix your problem because this only covers your wrist. And I'm like, that was years ago. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, you're on here, right? Uh, lots of problems. It, that was That's like, this that's a stupid drama. Moving along. Um, I'm going to put this out there. Lobo's computer is dying. So... If anybody out there within listening range has an old laptop they could get rid of or part with, because a lot of people still have some Dell experience or something, you just basically need something that can search the internet and can run Skype, because your system is dying. (laughs) Yeah. So if anybody out there has a computer, contact one of us or send the show an email at projectarchivist at gmail.com. If you're looking to get rid of it or something, let us know, because we got to hook our boy up here just in case his system goes out, because it's getting really wanky and weird like your updates take forever to update if they update Dude, it was updating
1: and for 11 hours today
0: it's just doing weird things so um yeah if anybody out there's got a spare computer they can part with it's just sitting around collecting dust or it's halfway decent or something let us know we'll gladly take it off of your hands it's plus this is good for you to have a backup system uh what else do i want to put out there uh we have our patreon page i'm going to try to get a show up here pretty quick another one up on the patreon page You can find us, uh, there's a link to it on our website at projectarchivist.com, which for some reason, I haven't figured it out yet, once you type us projectarchivist.com, it takes you right to the Podbean. It just redirects you, it's not a big deal, but some people are like, I don't know if I'm typing on the right page, but we have a link to our Patreon on there if you'd like to become a Patreon and help support the show uh reviews on itunes uh, as always i really hate bugging people for money and begging people for money for the show but i will beg people for reviews on itunes we did pick up one more i didn't say anything it's just four stars five stars i believe um but please go on itunes if you're ice uh, if you're an itunes listener uh go on there and give us a review if you're a stitcher listener i guess you can leave us reviews on there too um and we do still have a good amount of stitcher listeners out there Uh, apparently we've got five listeners in France, according to our new metrics that runs and tells where our downloads are coming from. Sorry
1: guys.
0: (laughs) We do with a lot of people like all over the world, like there's these really obscure countries where we'll have like one or two people listening in those countries
1: that I'm like, wow. Bet you I can get them to stop listening to us.
0: (laughs) If we haven't already. Um, (laughs) Anybody that's out there, if there's a way you can spread the show, especially now that we've moved to a new server and we're on our new website, if there's a way you can spread the show out there, tweet us, uh, anything you can do to help give us exposure to get us up and running again and get things back to where they used to be, we'd really appreciate it. Uh, the more positive reviews we can get, the better. Um, find us on iTunes. You know, If you're an iTunes subscriber, go in there and leave us some kind of review. Um that's that is more important to me than anything right now is getting those reviews up and getting those listeners getting our listenership back up again since we've moved. But um I think that's it. We got one more show before the end of the year. I don't want to say who the guest is going to be because I don't want to ruin it, but it's somebody that's been on here many times and the person's a lot of fun. So I think that's it. You got anything you want to throw in here? Are you ready for the snowstorm that's coming to you? No, oh, whatever. Yeah.
1: I, I'll believe it when I see it. They're saying one to three where I live. Uh, they said that the last time and we got a half inch
0: We're supposed to get snow tonight Tomorrow and Monday and of course my snow blower is not working now So it kind of blows
1: let me guess Actually, you wait until the blow. last minute and didn't fix it
0: No, I know exactly what's wrong with it, but here's the problem I have what some people refer to as a weight problem, and that is because I am lazy and there's a kink in the gas oh. line and you know, I don't I just I just haven't gotten out but there. But yet, and yet you managed to work on your bike. That's different. That's oh, different. Oh yes, because you can plow your
1: driveway with your bike.
0: Absolutely. I can lay it down on the side and we'll push it down there. You're on crack. I don't like the new bike I got. <laughs> so. Oh wait! Oh no! I don't
1: like the new bike I got. I still First got the BMW, problems.
0: and I got this new. I got this Honda, and I, I don't like the Honda. I'm, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna go back to the BMW. I'm gonna keep the BMW and uh, try to get rid of this Honda that I just got and dumped.
1: Please send all your hate mail to. <laughs> this guy's complaining about his motorcycle problems.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> I could complain about how my Jag drives like ass in the snow. Here we go. There we go. Which just We're cracked 100000 this week. And Jaguars. I didn't pay anything for either of these things, though. Doesn't matter. I've been extremely You're lucky with them. still complaining about them. What's
1: next? You're going to complain
0: about the free chocolate you got? I offered I was... to give you a motorcycle, too, so I don't want to hear about it. And yeah, you didn't and want it. How is it going to get out here? I don't know. I w- if you'd have wanted it, I would have figured out a way to get it there. We mm-hmm. had this conversation. Yeah. Because I sold that to buy... I sold that and a bunch of oh, another other bike. stuff yeah, to another buy another bike. Yeah. <laughs> You're Shut up. such a dick.
1: I hope your leg falls.
0: You know, won't hurt anymore. you've got a badass Christmas present on its way to you. And I hope that when you get it, because you're going to love this present, you really are. This is this is going to be probably the coolest present that I have ever gotten you. And I'm not sure if I'm ever going to be able to top this present. So really? when you get this present and you open up and you see it, I hope I hope a small amount of, of pittiness and assholeness goes through your heart for making fun of me the way that you are.
1: Pittiness and assholeness. Goes, yeah. I, I believe we already have that going through my heart I, I, now. It's what's causing the issues. I, I
0: don't think you're going <laughs> to experience any of those
1: quote unquote emotions but well, I'm a psychopath, so I don't really have those you know, emotions. This little Batman <laughs> knife thing you sent me is insane. Dude, I sent you that for a reason. The problem I is, I sent you three gifts: one to help. Was it what? What did I say? One that's absurd, one to one to help, and one to heal. I don't know and
0: what the Batman got, throwing knife that's double the help. Is. What's it going to help? Your attitude. A Batman throwing knife is going to help my attitude. Yes, you can use it to. Exactly, fight <laughs> those, that kill the won? doctor <laughs> <laughs> that is yes. was a jerk to me. <laughs> Absolutely, this thing's really cool, but it's it's almost too tight. It's it's like it's way too small for my hand, and I don't know if I'm supposed to throw it like a throwing star because it's got so many weird yes. blades on it that you're supposed to whip it. The problem is, is it's got blades everywhere on it, and if you try mm-hmm. to grab it from any direction, you will cut your hand off. Yeah, it's like three inches long, and and I've got hands that are about the size of an elephant foot. And I can't wow. physically grab it anywhere to be able to... I mean, it's cool. It's definitely like... Like, I got to show this. This is the one thing. I haven't showed it to my wife yet. I could probably use it as a box cutter from hell if I only used one of the, the blades on it. Cutter from hell. I, need, I wish my camera were hooked up. I could put it in my hand and show you how big it is because it's way, 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 way too small for my hand. Oh, to I feel. know
1: how big it is.
0: If I try to grab it, I will cut off at least two of my fingers, which That's I believe awesome. is actually the reason why you sent it to me. No. You didn't send this to me to have fun with it. You sent this to me so I could maim myself... And then you could cackle <laughs> maniacally and be like, "Oh wow, I'm real sorry to hear that, Ro. <laughs> I'm really sorry about that. You know, I just—I
2: uh, I really
0: didn't realize it was as big as it was." <laughs> oh, I knew exactly how big it was when I ordered it. I, I could take down an airplane with this thing if I could actually uh, physically if you could hold get on it. the plane. If he could get on the plane with it, I can't physically hold it. Now this little bottle you sent me of Venus flytrap and a—what yeah, is this? Self-sustained. It's a Venus flytrap. Oh, it's on, not.
1: Right. It doesn't need the doesn't need the the flies to survive. It's self-contained. It's like a little habitat all to itself.
0: No, it's not. You you, you ordered this off of Amazon or something, didn't you? Yes. It's a glass bottle that kind of looks like a light bulb. And it's, it's supposed got to. A blue plastic water on the inside. It's and, gel. No, it's not. It's hard, it is. hard plastic, and it looks like it's got a piece of parsley in it. It does not. Yeah, it's a it's a Venus flytrap. It, the, oh yeah, I guess there is Venus flytrap on. Yes, there. Yeah. yeah, it's it's like. What what am I gonna do with this? Am I gonna yeah, you put it
1: next to your microphone stand? That's all it's
0: for. That's where it is. Everything you yeah. give me goes on it's my microphone like. stand. I've got a shroud of Lobo here. That's it. So so far on my microphone. Eventually this show will end, folks. I promise. I've got a herpy and gonorrhea stuffed plushies on my microphone stand. Uh,
2: yep. I've got
0: microbe. I've got the uh, the really cool really cool wind up watch that you sent me. I still love that. That's um cool. the amulet of protection i've got yep. some gemstones here um yeah and that's it i, I, I can't exactly hang the uh, batman death knife of hell on here i don't think i don't think there's a way i could put this on here and the venus flytrap which is going to sit right next to the microphone stand <laughs> so this is this is like this this microphone stand probably has more <laughs> wicked mojo than anything in this house yep Absolutely. So if my house should become haunted, it's not going to touch the microphone stand. It
1: doesn't is... have a chance. It doesn't have a chance. There's no Sovald Stansanel that anything's coming to your house at this point.
0: I don't. I still, to this day, do not understand why you sent me gonorrhea and, and herpes stuffed plushies. Because they were cute. I guess. <laughs> I you mean, were they're, talking they're about it on the show. That's why I sent I know, it to you,
1: bucklehead.
0: To this day, it's like, oh, I got got. I mean, and, and then my, my wife looks at me like... Why did he send you gonorrhea and herpes plushies? Even after meeting me, she still questions that. I, well, she's it's it's funny, it's cute. It is <laughs> it's cute. So, anyways. Oh my god. Um, I will know when you get your present because I know you will post pictures of it. I know you're very thoroughly going to enjoy it. Cool. I am very proud of that I that I got you this. So.
1: Cool. Oh, on a lighter note, the uh the Walking Dead mug. Yeah. It's it's dead. It's not changing color anymore. Uh it's peeling off. <laughs>
0: Oh shit! Did you wash it <laughs> in the dishwasher?
1: I, it's been washed by hand. <laughs> it's peeling off.
0: Oh man!
1: I still, oh. I drink out of
0: it every day. Do you still have the Cthulhu coffee mug that I sent oh you my with God, the Cthulhu yeah. on the bottom and I of I don't it?
1: use that.
0: Yeah, I, I
1: can't use it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I mean,
1: I can put liquid creamer in it, but I can't. You can't stir anything. You'll break it. Yeah,
0: it's cool. I. It, I know exactly where it is. It has this move from that spot. Strange love of mugs and cups. I, I do, yeah. I really do. I've got sure. I've got all kinds of really cool mugs and cups in this house and my collection just keeps growing. And I don't know why. It's just something that's developed since we just started this show. Yeah. Anyways. All right, folks, we're gonna let you go. We've rambled nonsensically for a while now for the <laughs> hell of it. So uh, we'll talk to everybody next week. Yep. And then after that it'll be two weeks off and then we'll start the year fresh and ready to go. So uh, This is Rogan. Peace out from the incoming snowstorm of hell up in the D. This is Lobo from Connecticut. Good night, Lava Girl.
1: I don't know. Who's Lava Girl? (laughs) She'll know when she hears me say it. Oh,
0: God. All right. Peace, folks. (laughs) Bye-bye. Oh, yeah, Logan. (laughs) Because I know you're listening. (laughs) We're recording the show, and Logan's, like, sending me message after message on Facebook. I'm like, recording, smiley face. Recording, smiley face. And then he's like... Oh, okay. You're still recording. Okay. Blah, 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 blah. So, yeah, knucklehead. Thanks. Tell (laughs) Max to get off. (laughs) Peace, folks. Bye.